I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey and welcome to another episode of All the Small Games. My name is Levins. My name is JV, Jonathan Valenzuela. What? That's, what, it, that's you, what it stands for? You normally do both names, you really threw me off. I'm sorry brother. Uh, it's, this, it's this new theme song we got. Oh yeah, it's so good. Um, I, I got sick of uh, finding 8-bit versions of All the Small Things by um, Blink-182, yeah, which is what this is. Uh, my feeling is you would have been running out by this point in time. Yeah, like, I tried to use a different one for each episode so far, Yeah. Um, and uh, that was fun if the uh, tedious is a better word for it. We, we grow, we've grown out of it. And there's only so many 8-bit versions of all the small things you can listen to without going, I'm just going to skip forward. And, yeah. And, you know. What if we threw in Damn It one, one episode? Would people notice? So every month now, um, we're going to uh, be playing a song that I heard in an indie game that we played this month. Nice. Or, or, you, or you can choose one as well. Sure, sure. Um, I'll have to start playing games with the sound on. Yeah, you're <laughs> a fucking monster. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so the song that we, uh, that we started with today, and we can hear a little bit more of it and just a second is from the uh, Piku Niku game. Uh, yeah. The soundtrack to a great game that we're going to be talking about this episode. Um, the score is by um, a London composer called Callum Bowen, who in the past has done um, music for games like Marble Time and Lovely Planet. Um, but the entire soundtrack of Piku Niku is unbelievably good. And uh, the song we're listening to uh, behind us right now is called The Mountain Village. And uh, you can find this at callumbowen.bandcamp.com uh, for just three pounds, three, th- three squids. That's light. You can buy his, the entire soundtrack to this great game we're going to be talking about later in the episode. Let's hear a little bit more of The Mountain Temple. That is beautiful, John. Great. And very apt because this is going to be a beautiful episode of all the small games. 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 Things is dead. Games is forever. Yes. Uh, this is a podcast all about indie games uh, and the, ga- in the specifically the indie games that we've played in the last month. 
uh, because John and I play a heck of a lot of indie games. We do, we do. Uh, in this episode, we're going to be talking about some big releases that have come out in the last month, including Wargroove. Um, we're going to be talking about Pikuniku, which is a uh, Devolver game that came out this month, plus a bunch of uh, weird things from different consoles. I played a indie VR game this month. Oh, nice! On my list as well. Was that is your PSVR? Yeah, I set it up. You set it up yesterday. Awesome, good um, man. It fucking rules. Yeah, <laughs> it's good shit. Yeah, yeah. Nice. This virtual reality thing, Jamiroquai was always virtual insanity. <laughs> yeah, um, the insanity it's, not it's so almost good. Almost as good. Actually, I, I, you know, let's let this out here. Hopefully, this doesn't lose its listeners. Fucking hate Jamiroquai. I was going to say Jamiroquai's virtual insanity. Like his, he wouldn't have a headset. He'd just have a hat. Uh, there actually is a headset built into his hat. Oh wow, that's his that secret. E- that explains a lot. <laughs> Um, but before we talk about the games that we've played in the last month, John, I have a little new, a little th- quickly thrown together news section. Kick us, kick us some news updates. It's been just over a month since we last recorded, um, and there's been all kinds of uh, indie game updates for games that we love or yeah. games that we hopefully will love in the future. Um, there was a Nindies Direct, like a Nindie. Oh, yeah. Nintendo Indie Showcase Always uh, great Late January And then an actual uh, Nintendo Direct Shh. last week Showcase, showcase So got some news from that Plus some random news From developers that we love uh, One piece of good news One piece of bad news <gasps> from them. Should we start with the bad news? Yeah Bad news, John Band-Aid, Band-Aid. This is brand new uh, Yacht Club Games Makers oh. of Shovel Knight Have announced that they are delaying The final uh, Final chapter yeah. Of the Shovel Knight uh, game saga saga that they uh, that they started many many years ago. Um, the last piece of DLC, which is big enough to be the apparently ca- the biggest the game, so one? King of Hearts. King is what of it's Hearts. Called, yeah. You play the um, the the fun kind of Ponzi Gold King. Yeah, is Ponzi an okay word to say in twenty nineteen? Sure. <laughs> uh, uh, twatish is that a word let me, to say? Let me Google is Ponzi problematic. <laughs> Um, there's probably a, a character Oh, from- shut it down Shut it um, down? No, 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 it's fine It's, it's informal British for pretentious or affected Totally okay, fine Sweet um, But yeah, so we were, we were going to get the King of Hearts ex- uh, expansion Which is a brand new uh, single player campaign for yeah. sh- in, with, in Shovel Knight um, And uh, it was also going to include like an actual card game that you can play as well mm-hmm. As well as that, we were going to get a fighting game Where Ooh. you play as the many knights in the Shovel Knight that's, uh, franchise That's great Called um, Shovel Knight Showdown And... Uh, we were also going to get the three new amiibo of the three new knights. Awesome. Uh, and also physical release for um, the entire Shovel Knight saga. Okay. Um, so the bad news is all of this is delayed? All of it is delayed. All of it is delayed. For several months, they say. Okay. That's, I'm, I know that delays are a really contentious issue in video games, but I'm honestly like, you know what? Polish all you want And that's th- fine They've released a lot of Near perfect stuff so and, far Why and, not get close to it again with And this? then I send the death threats Okay right Good <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like um, any sane person would Yeah um, Look it's a Look it's a bummer You always want to be able To play games ASAP But those guys Let them cook Yeah I'm just being a wuss I, Oh I, sure I suck. A punts oh. I, I don't know anything I've been saying We're cutting close to the bone again um, um, But Okay so I, I really wanted to uh, Play this game last year Sure And then, sure. I, and then I was like Wait till April Next year, and now, and now it's, it's going to be several months after April. Okay, but so I, maybe I maybe wait. maybe Christmas time. John, there's of plenty of other indie games for oh, us to play heaps. instead. But uh, looking forward to eventually playing Shovel Knight King of Hearts. All right, is that is that all the bad news? That's our bad news. Oh, soak me in that good news. This is all uh, stuff that is coming out very soon. Um, we have a massive announcement post immediately after the Nintendo Direct last week, 
was uh, from uh, Team Cherry, oh. the Adelaide-based developers who made the fantastic Hollow Knight. Hell yes. So they also had one final piece of DLC to release that they've been talking about since uh, for, for like you know well over a year now, and that is uh, the ability to play as the character of Hornet, who is one of the kind of first very, very challenging bosses you fight in Hollow Knight. Who I only this week finished the second Hornet boss fight. Yep. And it has been hanging over my head for months, and I was so excited when it happened. So I was—I thought maybe this is going to be like a small, like you know, hour, couple hour kind of story DLC, if you can call the kind of lore that you sure. search out in Hollow Knight story. You can, you definitely can. Yeah. Um, but uh, it turns out they've made an entire new Hollow Knight game, total standalone. Hollow Knight Silk Song. Uh, you play as Hornet. You have entirely new powers, new upgrades, new traversal, like everything. So it's like, and, and apparently it's it's 150 or something new, brand new enemies. Yeah, it's still bugs and they've. And instead of digging underground, you are now climb. You are now ascending a mountain. Oh, amazing! So man, like that that is it does not get better. And they, news that like you know they're revisiting this world in a brand new way, and they dropped it on Valentine's Day, which I cannot think of a more romantic present. <laughs> for two dudes that love indie games to receive that. I chubbed up. I won't lie. I'm fully chubbed. Um, can we say yeah. that? I, can you say chubbed up in 2019? I think you can. I had the punciest chub there was. <laughs> Let's make an indie game. Let's crowdfund an indie game with the punciest chub. <laughs> just get arrested. <laughs> um, but no, Silk Song looks amazing. Like just, they showed so many snippets of so many different environments, so many different like abilities um like i said the traverse like it and it ties in great because hornet uses a needle instead of a nail yep and so i noticed there was almost like a a, a kind of hook sling like you could fire your needle into a wall and use it as like a grappling hook kind of thing so cool. and yeah just so many so many new interesting things that i'm now like there was no release date of course but again do they give a year or any kind of window i don't think they no. did they were just like it's coming but that trailer it looks like there's so many completely different environments that you see in the two minutes of whatever of trailer like that game looks pretty far along i mean it could be just that they've you could animate that yeah like there's no there's no guarantee that what we were seeing was actually gameplay not saying that it wasn't i'm just again like like your club games team cherry yeah take as long as you want make it beautiful make it perfect hollow knight looking forward to uh silk hollow knight silk song being um the best game of for everyone that owns a PC, the year it comes out for PC, yeah. and then me arguing that it's also allowed to be the best game of the next sure. year when it finally comes to Switch. Goty Switch twenty twenty one baby. <laughs> um, um, no, al- on- also, Australian indie developers, the only reason I'm patriotic. <laughs> exactly, like I said, I tweeted ages ago when I was like knee deep in Hollow Knight that it was like the proudest it made me, like the, 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 the only thing made in Australia that's made me proud since Unit by Regurgitator. Fair. In the Very fair. Uh, so here's a little quick uh, little news update uh, from the various directs that we got. Um, Deltarune, um, one of my favorite games of last year, which uh, was on PC. It's the spiritual sequel to Undertale mm-hmm. uh, made by Toby Fox. Um, really incredible experience, especially if you've played Undertale before. Um, which I did the week before it came out. Um, it's coming to Switch um, at the end of this month. That'll be up in less than a week. Free demo, I and think. It, no, it's just free, the whole thing is free. Free, free first chapter. It's, well, it is like yeah. everything, everything that exists of, of Dozerun at the moment is is chapter one. Yeah. And it's a media experience. Like it, it, If you talk to everyone in the game and stuff like that, you can easily get a playtime of something close to what the original Undertale would be. Sure. Okay. Uh, so it's a, it's, it's a heck of a game. And yeah. uh, 
for free on a console. He's a madman, Toby he Fox. Is. He is. Uh, I really hope he doesn't even know he's going to finish this game, but I, I definitely uh, implore everyone to give this game a shot. It's May- very, very good. Maybe it's like the drug dealer thing where the first hit's free. And <laughs> he's like, chapter two is 20 bucks, and then each chapter is. I would pay of- it. Yeah, I, sure. I loved that, that Delta Rune demo so much. So, or demo, You're chapter hooked. one. That's, Super what he, that's what he wanted. Absolutely hooked. Um, so what yeah. else we got? Uh, we got um, a new game by the makers of um, SteamWorld Dig 1 and 2, and also SteamWorld. What's the um, heist? Heist, uh, a new a new game in this. St- also, there's a tower defense one. The original Steam World. There thing. is. Yeah, hmm. it's a team. Yeah, it used to be like an iOS tower. Or maybe a DS. A DS. Okay, it's DS. I think. DSI tower defense game. That's the first Steam World thing. But then latest in the Steam World series is a card based RPG called Steam World Quest. See, this is the like I I fuck heavy with the Steam World universe. Loved love dig replayed heist on my phone recently just because I, I, I couldn't really get into heist i i didn't i like turn-based stuff sure um so i replayed that recently on my phone just because i was bored and there was nothing else good out i am i love the idea of steam world quest um but card based i just we've i think we've dealt with this before i just card based just leaves me cold for yeah, some reason I'm, yeah I, I'm, I'm scared of cards unless it's uh, Shovel Knight, yeah. King of Cards. Yeah, of course. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's there's just something I don't know what it is. I'm always like, whenever they give you cards, I'm like, the random number generator just fucked me over. Basically, <laughs> like I don't I don't trust this. I'll give it a shot. I've, I know that we've had fans recommend us various card based games before. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the fact that it is in the Steam World universe might help me kind of used to and it and they are great game makers too oh they're so fantastic I'm, I'm hoping this is what, what, what changes me as a man yeah um, so we got uh, your card mitzvah <laughs> yikes yeah um, we got a few cool um, announcements for games that are coming to Switch um, Unravel 2 which is the oh sick EA games um, indie division yeah um, I loved the first Unravel game I played on PS4 I didn't for whatever reason I, I just it, it strikes me as a game that I'd much rather play portably sure um, and so I didn't pick it up when they released the sequel last year but you know, like you can play as two player. One character is like a, a they're made of yarn or wool. One character is red, the other character is blue. Mm. So are my Joy Cons. Of course, it's going to come to Switch, and now it finally is. So that's coming up very soon. And then a game that I heard at the end of heard of in the la, at the end of last year, it's a PC game um, called Crosscode. Okay, have you heard of this one before? I haven't. No. So it's like this beautiful looking RPG, but there's like a meta element to it where the game, the 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 characters that you're playing as within the game, are, are they themselves are playing and talking about constantly a um, like what kind of game is like World of Warcraft a um, uh, RTS uh, no real, real no time. no like as in like a massive oh, MMO. MMO MMO yeah so it's like it's got this weird meta element of it but also is it's a throwback 2D RPG it looks yeah, gorgeous I've seen the trailer to this um, yeah definitely definitely on that throwback from Radical Fish Games um, but yeah look it looks really really cool and satisfying and like looks one that's perfect for the Switch and so that that, that is coming at some point this year. Right. That is all the news I got for you, John. It's got... I'm looking at the crosscode thing now and it has initial release date, 20th of September, 2018, which would most likely be Steam. Yeah, it's on Steam. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But Um, uh, it's coming coming to uh, to Switch at some point this year, which is super exciting. Cool. Um, Nice update. I think as well, 
on top of the Silk Song announcement on Valentine's Day, there was another indie announcement, which was Darkest Dungeons 2. That's right. Darkest Dungeons yeah. 2 is coming out. Yeah. Haven't, haven't played Darkest Dungeons. I own it. I've not played it. I think it. we might have discussed it before. Like it's a, it's a very tough dungeon crawler kind of RPG where your actions in the game like give your characters mental health issues. <laughs> I think we were like, mm, that's pretty heavy. Not sure I want to go through that. I, but I, I will at some I'll point. I'll go in at some point. I, I have a, yeah, lot, a yeah, few yeah. friends that, that love that game. That's definitely something I need to yeah. try and check out. But it's cool making a sequel. I know people yeah. really, really love that franchise. It's, um, well, well, love that it is a franchise now. Sure. But yeah, a lot of people like love the DLC that came after it, which yeah, is like yeah, even yeah. harder they've had and like, grimmer. They've had a few bits of DLC come out, I think. Both, both like characters you can play and story stuff um, if you haven't seen the trailers for most of those things that we just talked about we posted a bunch of them on our Facebook and Twitter you can find us on Facebook um, facebook.com slash all the small games or on Twitter at all the small game yes not enough room for the S sadly we mourn um, the S that's right so now we're going to talk about the games we've been playing in the last month um, yeah. and let's try and start with a game that we both played alright by the way we are recording at John's house yep um, can you smooth- hear the planes John, John heard I was coming so he scheduled a flight to go over his house every three minutes. Yes. So look forward to that. <laughs> I live in a nice house that is situated in hell. They're pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're close to the airport at this point, so they're really moving. You can just print it in their, their indie planes. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, let's start with Pikuniku. Yes, so yeah. the, that beautiful track that we heard at the start of the, um, of the podcast came from a game called Pikuniku. All um, right. Pikuniku, developed by a indie collective that stretches between France and Britain called Sector Dub and published by the Absolute Goats at Devolver Digital. Um, it's out on uh, Mac, Nintendo Switch, Windows, and Linux. Let's just get all the... all the uh, Platforms out of the way? Yeah, let's get all the all admin the, all, out of the way first. All our Linux heads. Yeah. Is that how you pronounce it? Linux. 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 I like, like, he's like Linus from, from Peanuts. Sure. Linux. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was, was he the one with the dirty blanket? Yes. Yes. Just like everybody that uses Linux. Um, uh, dirty blanket owners. Yeah. Um, so Pikuniku, um, it's funny that you, um, you know, I, I didn't realize that it was a, a team of, um, of developers from around the world. Um, and then it is published by Devolver Digital. Those same uh, descriptions I could also use for a game that we loved last year called Minute. And I oh, think right. this, this game has a lot in common with Minute. Yes. In terms of it being this kind of like cute uh, adventure game that's relatively short. Yeah. Um, not particularly challenging, but super duper charming. You've very charming, very quirky, very odd. Yeah. Um, you play as the title character Pikuniku. You're a little red oval on a pair of legs. Who's been locked in a cave because everyone thinks you're a monster. Yeah. So when you when you make it out of the cave and make your way to the first little settlement, everybody's terrified of you because they think you are the beast, but when they look at you, they're like, they're like, mm, you're not you're, very scary. You're not very scary. What's going on here? Um, and so the kind of the, the overarching story is that there is a company. Is that fair to say? Yeah. There's a company that is, uh, giving away free money in exchange for extracting resources with these giant flying cloud looking ships. Um, and at first everyone's like, yay, this is fantastic. But as the game goes on, more and more people are like, wait, this is actually kind of fucked up. Yeah, they don't have anything to spend the money on and, uh, yeah. and all their resources are getting stolen. Yeah. So you kind of, in the in the tradition of many main characters everywhere, you're just kind of swept up into this plot to take down this company. That's right. Um, by essentially solving little puzzles. Little puzzles. And helping and people out. Fun little platforming challenges. Yeah. And incredible music and adorable visuals. And great, great writing. 
Yeah, like man, the, super the dialogues, funny writing, yeah. dialogues, they aren't they're, they're simple, but they they do a lot with a little. Definitely, and there's like all kinds of fun little challenges you can do. Like there are games you can play with different characters that you meet, like you know, like actual sports matches you yeah. can have. Because um, the the physics of the game is really interesting. Like you, you've almost got very elastic legs. Yeah, and so it makes kind of moving around a very bouncy experience, especially to the incredibly bouncy soundtrack. Yeah. Um, there's a there's rhythm game mini games in it. There's a music mini game in it. Um, there's it's 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 just a ton of fun. Yeah, it's just it's one of those charming games where they've thrown you've you've got the base game which is a platformer, and then they've just clearly had ideas and gone let's throw it in. It's fun. It suits. Yeah, totally. It um, so you did you finish this one? I did. Yeah. Did you? Do, I like, didn't hundred percent it. Yeah, I, I was tr- curious. I couldn't really work out what to do post game. It seems like the only like because you collect little statues as you go through the game. Yeah, I got most there's, of those. But yeah. there's the collectible element to it. But I found after I'd sort of because the the final area, which is a volcano, I don't know how spoilery that is. I'm not really telling you what's happening in the volcano. I couldn't find a way to get back to it. Right. To kind of work out like, oh, what have I missed here? What do I need to go back? The and, train. No, because the train only goes to the lake. We've got to talk this. We'll sort this out, guys. Yeah, we'll we it will. Out. We will. Um, um, but yeah, it was it was immensely fun. It was a bright, colourful sort of breath of fresh air after I think I'd spent a long time playing Hollow Knight and Spin Tires. Yeah, we, and we should give a little like disclaimer for this episode. You played a lot of games you didn't like this month. Yeah, I'm going to be doing some grousing um, in a little bit. But this um, was this was a delight. It was it was perfect and perfect length too. Yeah, just really short and sweet and fun. I'm, what was the price in this one? Oh, like, probably like the fifteen or twenty dollar mark. Fifteen to twenty. Yeah, yeah. A devolver. The deal. Per- yeah, the perfect the the perfect amount that I look at and just go bought. Yeah, the uh, the kind of post game that I'm looking forward to getting into is apparently it has an excellent co op mode. Oh yeah. So yeah, eventually yeah. when we finally do our co-op episode this is one of the first things i I, want us to get through i think we're just gonna have to do like a weekend away yeah definitely like find an airbnb with good wi-fi and just (laughs) just play co-op non-stop god that sounds so good yeah it really does (laughs) Uh, that kind of was what your bucks party that's what my bucks party was um yeah uh but yeah highly highly recommend pikaniku yeah i think great great start to the year and that soundtrack like i said three squids on bandcamp (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it's uh, it's killer. It's such a such a great. It reminds me a lot of like, a kind of much more simplistic but equally joyous Katamari soundtrack. Sure, sure. Um, in fact, this game reminds me a little bit of that. Even when it has like a, a Donut County kind of vibe to it at times. Yeah. Um, just in terms of like color, sound, fun, yeah. like silly some premise. Of, some of the well. atti- like some of the attitudes of the the characters you meet. Yeah, you meet some real dicks. Yeah. And then you can be... Oh, yeah. One of you the can best. kick, you you can kick, kick everybody. It's the best. <laughs> and I did. Multiple I, times. I think I kicked one person. I was trying to kick them off the cloud or something. And they just got super pissed at me and yeah, like, yeah. came if, back at me. If you kick anyone three times, they get angry at you yeah. and try and take you out. It's great. I will, I will say there are a couple of moments where I was beating my head against the wall. Like, I've gone everywhere. I've talked to everyone. What the fuck am I supposed to do at this point in time? Really? But then I think... I. I Lucked into occasionally. It was at the very like it was at the very very beginning, where I was just wandering around. I think it was when you had to. It was fix the bridge. Okay, cool. I, did, I couldn't work out how to yeah, do right, it. I think yeah. I just accidentally worked out the solution, and then the game kept moving. That, like, that, that to me is a great sign though of a, a good adventure game where you can accidentally solve something. Yeah, like you could never do that in a point and click one. No. Um, yeah, I, I really love also the, the use of hats in this game. Some of them are practical. 
like you, you know you need to put on a hat to access certain areas yeah. a lot of them just kind of look cool yeah yeah, yeah. it's great <laughs> i spent a lot of time there's one that's like a monster mask yeah yeah, yeah. Of the beast you're supposed to look like and i spent a lot of time putting it on and just everyone would be like oh cool i'm like well, isn't this be supposed scared. to do something <laughs> <laughs> yeah a really really fun and silly game check yeah. out pikiniku Big old, big old, all the small games recommend on that one. Definitely. So probably the biggest uh, indie game release of the year so far, John, is mm. Wargroove. Yes. Which is the latest game to be developed and published by Chucklefish. Uh, they're best known as a, the publisher of Stardew Valley. Yep. Did not develop that one, but they've uh, put out numerous games in the past. And uh, this is a game that a lot of people have been looking forward to for quite a while because it is the return of a kind of forgotten Nintendo classic style game. And that is Advance Wars, which was an excellent, uh, like, what would you say, tactical yeah. uh, turn-based strategy game. Yeah. Um, in that in that game, you were playing as, like, you controlled various tanks. It's a really, really fun and satisfying game that they haven't made uh, a new entry of since, got to be nearing 15, 20 years on the DS. Hot dang. Yeah, a long time ago. See, it's, I've seen a lot of these comparisons to Advance Wars. I have never played Advance Wars. Um, the GBA ones are very good uh, This is what I've heard And they, I find it interesting because Stardew Valley being one of Chucklefish's other huge releases Is a is Harvest a, Moon Is a homage to Harvest Moon It's interesting that this new one is a, a, like an homage to this mm. They're like, what do people want the most? Let's yeah, give it to them Yeah um, I, I'm i up to like second chapter now Yeah, I me think. too So Wargroove is a, you, It's a yeah, tactical turn-based strategy game <clears throat> Fan- um, fantasy based this time yes which is one of the main things that i don't love about it mm. I, I just i'm not a fantasy dude um, sure there's 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 elements of this that that are like you know it's it's fun fantasy it's fun yeah. to see yeah fun to see sure um so it's not too like seeped in like annoying lore and remembering different creatures names and shit yeah. like that yeah that's the main, the main thing i hate about fantasy yeah it's fairly... Just call it a dragon. <laughs> it's not a fucking whatever the you Wh- call it. Wyvern. Yeah. There we go. I'll, I'll help you out with that one. Um, yeah, it's very, it's very much knights and knights and swordsmen and pikemen and cavalry and that kind of stuff. Um, it does. There is a unit called the Battle Pup. Yes. Which is a dog. Um, and the dog can uh, hugely into that dog. Can, yeah, can howl and inspire everyone to to fight again. Yeah. Um, so in each kind of like as you, as you move on you get commanders of your armies who are like the the sort of the ultra unit if you will um and they can do they can do a heap of damage against normal units they can part of the game is you you have your map and you need to take over buildings and the buildings generate money for you and then you use that money to spawn new units I really like barracks. that element of it how you can yeah. continue you basically you have an, a never ending like Supply, supply of, of, of new troops. Yeah. So it's, you know, unlike Fire Emblem or another tactics like, you know, Final Fantasy Tactics or something like that, where like once a character is dead, they're dead. Yeah. And you have to make do with, you know, whatever you've got. Your, your team minus however many have died. There are, I did on my way into uh, chapter two, I did do a side mission, which is you have a finite amount of troops with you. Yep. Your, did you do that one? Yeah, you play as the yeah, dog? Yeah. 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 Um, that came right down to the wire for me. I think I had <laughs> yeah. like one unit left, and then my my command, my dog commander. Um, essentially, like not not having that advanced wars point of reference. What about it, tactics games in general? Have you got? I mean, I've played some of them, but they're more like they're more kind of turn based, isometric sort sure. of things like yeah, yeah. that, where 
it's not because with this it's you you pitch the two up against you pitch two units up against each other they will perform an amount of damage they will receive an amount of damage you know if if you if you've planned it right you might finish the enemy unit off before they have the chance to do damage more most of the stuff i play is where like individual person against individual individual person doing damage etc etc um it kind of reminded me of like a combination of civilization and odd like real-time strategy games almost like i know that i know it's turn-based but that's sort of like generating units and then sending them out with a plan kind of thing Mm -hmm. um (laughs) it's funny playing it i was like i played it for a little bit and then went back and played into the breach yeah, I was going to bring up Into the Breach as well. And it was real funny going that like, oh, Wargroove is like a station wagon and Into the Breach is like someone's just put a seat on a fucking rocket engine. Like it's so... Into <laughs> so, the Breach yeah. is so stripped back and quick and perfect. Whereas Wargroove is much more of a sort of ponderous game where you're you're having to move like seven to eight units during a turn. You've got a much bigger battlefield you need to plan for. Um there's so much like each unit you can click on and find out like what do you need to do to make a critical hit what is the terrain they're on like how is that changing the way that they're defending or attacking there's actually so much depth to wargroove yeah Um, and even like in terms of other kind other ways to play and like there's like course creators and all kind of things that you unlock once you there's an arcade mode yeah it's it's wild how much is packed into this game it's a great value purchase if you are a strategy head yeah if you're you're big into strategy this is you will have been excited for this already totally and you will have already finished into the breach so you won't be thinking oh man i should probably be playing into the breach instead of this um or maybe like me you've been spoiled by mario plus rabbids kingdom battle the game that sh- has no right to be as good as it was and yet it was one of my favorite games of the year it came out and it's still a game that i think about whenever i play another tactics or strategy game <laughs> like why why isn't this like mario plus rabbids it is it, which that is a game that has sat in my switch case for at least nine months now when you finally put Unplayed. it in you're going to just be like oh my god this is amazing yeah it's like it's that it's like, I don't know if you've played one of the Paper Mario games. No. That does turn-based RPG, except when you... Uh, actually, no, you've played an iteration of this kind of combat. Um, it was Paper Quest. No, what was it called? Pumpkin? Night, Knights of... No, no, what was the... Oh, uh, the Tim... Costume Quest. Costume Quest, that's yeah. right. Paper... Whatever. <laughs> the Costume Quest game made by Double Fine. Yeah, um, okay. Uh, for a Halloween game for a while ago. But like, basically, like Paper Mario, when you battle someone in turn-based thing, you also... It has, like, button prompts... Yeah. And you have to nail the timing of it. So there is this element of skill to your uh, you know, your, your your attack in turn based that makes you feel way more invested in the gameplay instead of just being like magic, you know, yeah, sure. power. Select blah, blah. a thing, do this. Yeah, yeah. I actually I've played another game this month that uses that mechanic. Oh really? We'll get to that a bit later. Oh, very, very very um, good sizzle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean Mario Plus Rabbit's Kingdom Battle. Just has a ton of extra mechanics going in that just get you way more invested in in this kind of game, and I never really got stressed out playing that game. Whereas Wargroove stresses me out so much. Yeah, and I play games to relax, and I I I can totally recognize what a great game Wargroove is. Mm-hmm. It just it takes a lot for me to go, okay, I'm going to play Wargroove, and even then I can like play like two rounds, and then I have to play something else because it stresses me out so much. I think that's like I think that's what makes. That's why I bring up the comparison of Into the Breach because I have the same thing with Wargroove. There's so much going on on so many different fronts that I start to be like, oh shit, I didn't consider that when I made 
you know, when I moved my pikemen three, like I've already moved three other units, but I should have thought harder and moved the pikemen second instead of fourth. And oh my god! It's also, and I think they may have patched this. It's also very easy to accidentally do a move or send someone somewhere that you don't intend to. Yeah, and then there's no back button, which into the breach has. So of course, if you fuck or you up can, and into you the can breach, you do that once, once during a battle, right? Um, but but in- you can, you know, you can course it. You can, you can. You can before you select. Oh, of course, do any. Is it really really easy to edit and yeah. go back before um, you plan a move in? Into but the yeah, breach. I think into the breach because it like because your focus is down to just three characters, and you know what people are doing first. It just it takes that edge away from. It takes that kind of tense edge. Yep. Um, that being said, look one th- one thing I loved, and this will I will be grousing about this when I talk about some later games. The the tutorial. Having ne- having never played Advanced Wars, the tutorial introduced me to all the mechanics. Yeah, it was excellent, excellent tutorial. Very gracefully, it was a very easy sort of slipping into it and going like, okay, cool, I do that. Oh, I do this now as well. Um, really made those early kind of first few levels enjoyable. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, and set me up to sort of continue if I chose to do so. Yeah, look, it's not necessarily a game for me. It's a very good game. Yes. And I think with, with patches and the, the, these proposed things that they're adding to the game, it's only going to get better too. So mm. uh, if you are a fan of strategy games, this is a really high quality, good one. Yep. Thanks, cool. Wargroove. I think I think there's one more game in our list that we both played, which is Egg. Oh, Wait, yeah. Egg. It's Egg with five Gs. Yeah. I know this because I've had to Google it a million times. Right. Because um, uh, this is a uh, pretty difficult, at first, very, very easy and simple-seeming platformer that uh, only has 20 levels, I think, all up. I think so, but there's... You played on Switch. That's right. I played on iOS. Yep. iOS has DLC unlockable levels. I don't know if they come with the Switch oh, version. I, yeah, maybe they do. I don't know. Let me just... I'll bring up, I'll bring up the map. The full name is Egg the Platform Puker. Yes. Which is the... Which basically tells you everything you need to know about the method of traversal in this game. Um, it's been uh, developed and published by Hyper Games. Hyper Games out of Oslo, uh, Oslo in Norway. Um, and uh, this is a game with a, a pretty... like it, it's, it's basically you play a, a kid who has an allergic... Uh, who is, who's allergic to eggs. But you keep eating eggs... And then you can vomit and vomit and vomit. Oh, right. Midnight mode. It's midnight snack. It's called. So you, you can uh, you you can immediately you can buy DLC for the for the phone version. Yes. I don't know if it's included in the Switch version yet. Yeah. Um. So you play as a young boy who is very very allergic to eggs. Yep. Um. And you are fed an egg or an egg based something by your aunt. I think. I think the story goes. Um, Here we go. So I just found out. So um, the Switch version is considerably like more than double the iOS price. It's considerably right. more expensive. So it's probably so it's like seven dollars on iOS. Like it's like nineteen ninety five okay. um, in Australia anyway on the Switch. Um, and someone asked why is it more expensive. Um, they say hi, basically because it has cost us more to develop. Prices must be higher for it to be worth releasing on the platform. Also on mobile, you have less levels, but can pay extra for the night mode levels. There we go. So you you have the extra levels on on Switch already. Yep. Cool. Um, so yeah, you you play as a young boy called Gilbert who has an extreme allergy to eggs. Eating them, as the as the description of the game says, eating them will literally make him vomit like a fountain. 
he escapes from his mean aunt Doris in order to get to a birthday party and needs to use his vomiting superpower to survive a world of angry cyborg chickens. <laughs> so, so basically, you, there's, there's, you can move in two directions, back, like left or right. And yeah, so you hold left, and it's not that you are running left; it's that your the vomit is you're 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 being pushed in that direction by the vomit. I think you are you are running left, but then when you jump, you vomit to jump. And also, and you vomit to change directions too. So yes. you kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's one of the things. You are there's no stopping. Once you start the level, at least on iOS, you are you are running in one yes. of two directions or jumping. So there are times when you need to like time jumps, and you've got to kind of puke your way back and forward until you've lined up timing wise, which was which was interesting. Yeah. So you can you control with uh, just the left and right um, shoulder buttons on the oh, switch. Right. Okay. Um, how do you control on, on find? Just tap on each side of the screen. All right, cool. Yeah. So I'm relatively in- intuitive. Like you don't, you don't was, miss parts of the. I played it, and I don't feel like I need to get the Switch version. So have you finished it? Yeah, yeah. Right. I finished the, the base levels. I haven't done the Midnight Snack All, ones. Yeah, right, sure. But I've I've done the final level where you. I think Midnight Snack is the, just the it, it's just night mode. I don't sure. think it's new levels. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it was it was it was like a. As I was saying, the iOS version, I was like, this is exactly how I'm cool with playing this game. Like, yeah, because the, the controls aren't more fiddly than like tapping either side of the screen. Yeah, it's perfect for that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, the animation in this is really, really well done. It reminds me of like the, the design. Like, you kind of look like um, Phil from Rugrats, sure. the kid in the overalls. Um, yeah. Who had a twin sister, Lil. Um, and uh, also was obsessed with vomiting and farts and stuff like that. He was like the gross one. <laughs> this is now a Rugrats podcast, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think the um, this this game looks great mm. uh, for a disgusting game about vomiting, yeah, and egg egg, egg allergies, and gets really challenging. Man, when, yeah, I, I'm like I think I was like twelve or thirteen, and yeah, we're dying multiple multiple times, which I think is like it's easy to do on a phone. On my Switch, I'm like, oh, I just want to play a game that I don't die conf- yeah. continually. It's been a weird um, month for me because I um, have been playing a game called Kingdom Hearts Three. Course, um, and small small game you might not have heard of. Uh, it's fucking so just. It's an exhausting game. <laughs> I've only seen trailers of it, and they exhaust me. And I'll leave my criticism of it there. But um, I, I was, I, I exclusively played that for a great deal of the last month, and then was just like, fuck this game. <laughs> I need a, I need something that makes me feel completely different emotions when when uh, besides frustration sure. uh, while playing and uh, egg did, 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 did a little bit of frustration but mostly it was joy it's i think the frustration is based purely on platform oh exactly it was good frustration, good frustration. The, the, the frustration i enjoy from and from it, i gotta say it um the levels are what's the word i'm looking for checkpointed yep. fairly well yeah definitely um, once you get past that one challenge you just yeah i mean there, there's some bosses that you have to face and yeah they're, they're, they're pretty tricky to work out how you need to beat them there's definitely there was there was one boss that you don't necessarily beat. He just you need to get to a place where he kind of flings you up to the next. No, no, no you can. You oh, you can beat yeah, him. Yeah, you can beat. Oh, him. right. Well, I cheated that one. Yeah, wow. I just I just used him to escape. That's <laughs> um, so, well, he's got like, like a cage on his head, and you got to jump. Yeah, on, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you got to jump on his head four times to kill him. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, no, no, you don't kill him. You just bust the cage open. Right. Yeah. Um, there's and another one that has like a. a a kind of circular saw for a head. Yeah, and that you need idea. to jump on his butt. Yep. when he like buries his head in the wall or something. And you're like, I, I really need to go home and finish this game now. Yeah, yeah. Because um, the last level is a shmup. Oh hell yeah! yeah. Awesome. 
uh, which, yeah, was, because which you, was an interesting surprise. You kind of unlock all these like egg superpowers. Like you, you can fly, yeah. or you can. There's another thing I don't know. Like oh, you can you, you can, can cling, stick to walls. You can cling to yeah. walls. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Fun. Fun little. Fun Super little. fun. Fun. Like colorful. Gross. Mm. Everything the game should be. Yeah. Um, really enjoyed egg. All right. Now we're into uh, differing territory. How about you? You take first round. Okay. I. Like I said, frustrated with Kingdom Hearts. Um, just almost like kind of was at a point a week ago where I was like, I don't think I really played that many games. Oh, well. We'll talk about music or something instead. I'll just talk about the Piku Niku soundtrack for the sure. entire episode. Sure. Um, and I went away. I, I, I've, I've been, I did like a mini tour um, DJing for some 90s acts uh, over like the last weekend. And I brought my Switch with me thinking like, I'm, I'm also reading One Piece at the moment, okay. which is a 900 and something chapter That's manga. A fucking mountain to climb. And I'm loving it. Oh, um, sure. So I just expected that I was just going to read another 100 chapters of, of One Piece all weekend. Uh, but uh, I got a code for this game called Mages of Mistralia, which is a port of a game that came out on Steam and uh, other consoles uh, in 2017 um, and has like a pretty average Metacritic review. It's 66%. Um, but I got a, every now and then when I get a code from a developer, I'll get a follow-up like, hey, you know, just checking, you know, have you played it? What do you think? Are you going to do a review of it? And normally I'm like, shut up, <laughs> which is a new, fun, entitled way to be. New email, um, who dis? Um, but this, I was like, oh yeah, I totally like, actually went out of my way to, to ask for this. I, sh- I should at least give it a shot. Um, and uh, I was like so quickly won over by this game and I ended up not putting it down for three days and finishing it. Even even while DJing? Yeah. Oh, man, I, trust me. Like I, I was on autopilot for those games. <laughs> um, but... Uh, yeah, so Majors of Australia, you play um, a young girl who um, uh, actually we should say that the uh, the, the protagonist in um, in Wargroove is also a, a young girl, a princess. Yes, who has to suddenly lead the her. game. The game starts with you playing as the enemy faction who kills her father. That's right, oh, leading, so leading her into battle. Such a good way to start the game. Yeah, but yeah, we have a, a young female and um, protagonist in uh, Majors of Australia too. She is um, uh, learning to um, use magic and spellcraft. Um, but one one night, uh, the powers of the moon fill her up with magic too much, and uh, she can't control it, and it explodes and burns like starts a fire in her village, basically. And so she's shunned um, for being a mage, um, and she then kind of goes to her mentor, who sends her out to find um, a book, and she ends up finding like this uh, book of spells that's haunted with. <laughs> Like basically, like it's a talking book, right? Um, and it's and it's haunted with somebody in it who's, who basically guides you and teaches you all these different spells. Cool. So you have four different spells, um, and so basically you have a melee attack, mm-hmm. you have a um, projectile attack, which is like a like a fireball. Sure. You can also electrify your melee attack and then also electrify the fireballs. Uh, it, the spellcrafting is insanely deep. Right. Um, you have a like a shield. Um, okay. Move, and then you have. A, uh, basically like something that alters the state of the floor in front of you so you can right. turn it to ice or stone. Okay. Um, and they all use up mana, which is the fun gameplay term for like, you know, you know like magic use. Sure. So you have to constantly refill your magic um, or wait for it to refill over time. So you only have like, yeah, you can't just spam attacks. You have to think about it. Yeah. And especially if you... So basically like there's also this puzzle element to it um, and you... you you've, find these almost kind of like honeycomb-esque puzzles where you have to turn discs so that all of the lines that make up the kind of piece of honeycomb or the kind of 
the shape all match up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's also the way you can alter spells. So all the spells are kind of represented by this charm that you can then connect other charms to and the charms will like make the spell last longer we'll split it into three like you know if you'll turn one projectile into three projectiles that then trigger your melee attack so yeah your fire a fireball hits something and then electrify them right or turn them to ice or like you know you can have it so it moves to the left or moves to the right there are all these different things you can do to make the uh the spells do different things and then you can save them all as different spells to different ones that you collect throughout the game. It's insanely customizable. <laughs> I thought we weren't talking about Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> but at its heart, it, this is just a fun Zelda-like adventure. Sure. Um, where you basically like, you know, like the story is is pretty... Like, bare bones, is, it's like I've grown up playing Zelda games. Yeah. I don't expect much story. Of course. It's like there's a dark force that you, this pathetic child need to grow up and kill yeah and like cool that's what i'm that's what that's that's enough story for me for this kind of game cool um i've read so many bizarre like reviews of this game even very recently like nintendo life did a review of the the switch port um and didn't mention any of the actual issues i had with the game which are just you know like teething things like the load times between different worlds are, are extremely long um, and I had a few crashes while, through, while playing it through, but they're easily forgivable yeah. problems. The problems that they were, like it was almost like he was expecting like a like a triple A level story from this you know smallish sweet indie game. Yeah, um, it was uh, yeah made by um, Borealis Games. Mm-hmm. Um, it's written by Ed Greenwood, who is uh, he wrote all of the like um, uh, the the Forgotten Realms okay games. Yeah. Um, and what's his like his super Baldur Gate or whatever that he wrote that one Spellfire oh. Baldur's Gate Baldur's Gate yeah yeah I think, yeah. I think it's him I could be yeah. wrong sorry if you wrote Baldur's Gate <laughs> and you're not him yeah um, but he, he wrote the story so maybe they were expecting a much bigger story because of his involvement because he's sure. you know someone that's written like a hundred fantasy books right, and of course. various games um, it's extremely light fantasy which appeals to me because I don't yeah. want extremely de- like crazy deep fantasy but it is like for the most part like an isometric um, action adventure game um, with this insanely deep and customizable spell um, crafting, and then also these great puzzles. And oh my god, this is like a slight spoiler. I won't say who the final boss battle is, but the, bo- the boss battle has you. You need to obviously use all of the spells that you've learned so mm-hmm. far, but every now and then he will throw a puzzle at you, which you have to solve in twenty seconds. Oh my god! So like. It's, it was like one of the most fun boss fights I've ever played because it was like, you know, by the time you reach the end of the game, you were so powered up. Sure. That even like, an you know, the hardest kind of like enemy that just is just a sponge for your fire. Like eventually you will kill it because it's just that many like electrified fl- fireballs flying around the place because there's also a bounce function. Oh, nice. To your, because uh, it's, it's if you don't hit them the first, also there's a homing function as well. Okay. Uh, there's just so much you can, you can add to your spells. But for him to then, th- like, you know, to beat him, you have to, do these puzzles as quickly as possible or, sure. you, or you just take damage and die. Like, that was such a fun challenge that I would love to see more. Yeah, it's a nice wrinkle to your standard boss battle format. Totally. And it was just like a really, really fun, gripping, like, not gripping, but like, it just, I just Compe- wanted to... Exp- compelling. Yeah, I just wanted to explore more of this game and, and you know, like, there was some fun interactions with NPCs. There's a lot of fun fetch quests that mm-hmm. don't overstay their welcome. It's like, you know, this person, goblins. And it's, yeah, it, it's not like... It's like, it's like the monsters are called goblins. Oh, no, I know what a goblin is. It's, That's great. Yeah, like, it's very simplified fantasy. Totally. And, uh, you know, yeah, goblins have, like, stolen 
someone's like fucking bags of wheat. Go find the bags of wheat. Okay. And then it's like, you know, I'll, I'll let you through here if you find three keys. Okay. It's just like really, really fun. Yeah. Fun, simple adventure game. And yeah, it, it just felt like, like a lot of people are describing Kingdom Hearts 3 as like, this feels like a PlayStation 2 game. And I do like parts of it, like the combat and the traversal in Kingdom Hearts 3 is, is really fun in an odd, dated way. Everything else about the game, I fucking can't stand. This game also feels, Majors of Australia also feels like a game from, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah, sure. But in everything, it's like, it's like one of those games that like comes packaged with a PC. Yeah. And you're like bored one day and you, you, you start playing it. And you're like, man, this game's great. Yeah, it definitely, the like, name definitely says like, it's something you'd get in a bundle with five other games yeah. at a games wizard on a CD-ROM. Yeah, and they, these guys are from Montreal, um, and uh, so there are a lot of at least two jokes about Australia. Uh, I was curious if if that that was part of it. Like, yeah, it's just like she accidentally she's looking for a book about the majors of Australia, and she accidentally finds something about like wages from Australia or something oh, right. stupid like that. Yeah, okay, and they're like, what what does that mean? Um, but yeah, I I loved this game, and it's I like. I think underrated is an extremely overused word. Sure. But I've seen so few good reviews of this game and I really, really enjoyed it. So if you are looking for just a fun, really, like it's a simple to simple to start, hard to master right. game that has a fun story that pushes you. It's like, you know, slightly nonlinear. There's a bunch of um, things that you need to like, a lot of side quests and things that you need to do if you want to unlock everything. Um, I I was immensely satisfied by this game, and it was a really massive surprise. And I would like definitely say this is one of the most underrated games I've ever played. Cool, Majors of Australia. Like I, I really recommend this game. Um, just take a look at the uh, the, from the like the gameplay and the trailer. It doesn't really do it justice, but you will kind of get an, an idea. idea of what the uh, the style of the game is. It is like it, it it's kind of beautiful, but also looks extremely like a like an Unreal Engine three D kind of game but i think it works it works for it works for the gameplay i sure. really enjoyed it yeah, highly, cool. highly highly recommend majors in australia one of the best games i've played all year cool yeah that's thus far thus far nice we're well, not very far into it but yeah this is a this is a hot recommendation for me just a, it's cool when something takes you to buy surprise yeah yeah totally um total reversal for my one. Oh no get ready guys we're going negative I don't, just to preface, I don't want to go negative. I I want to play good games, but you occasionally come across a game that is just, it's a pooch. Like, it's a, they totally whiffed this one. I'll I'll get into it. This is the. Like, before you get into it, like, like sometimes you will read a bad review and that'll turn you off a game. But, like, had I actually listened to the reviews of Majors of Australia, I wouldn't have played it. So sometimes. Here's the thing I avoid reviews. I, I I try to go in fresh so I'm not having my idea of it coloured. I might after a while, particularly if I'm feeling, you know, something about the game that I'm like, this isn't quite feeling right to me. I might go look at reviews just to be like, am I the one that's at fault here or are other mm, people kind sure. of noticing this? I, I, I like to think that we're not really like reviewing games either. We're telling each other about them, what we yeah, liked about them. And hopefully if people listen... We'll, we'll pick up some new games. That's, yeah. Yeah, we're a resource. Um, so this is the game I was talking about earlier that has that sort of turn-based combat with sort of mini-games, I'd say, for combat. Mm-hmm. It's called Y2K, a postmodern RPG, 
but um, it's stylized as Y I I K, so like yik. Roman you know, Roman numerals for two. Or yike, yike, or yik, a postmodern RPG. Either could describe how you feel about this game. Yes, so it's it's a kind of it's a three D Japanese style RPG. Um, it's set in the nineteen nineties, and the story is basically you you're this like thirty year old guy who's come home. I think I, I, you might have come home from college, perhaps. Right. And sort of, so you start off just exploring the town you're from and eventually, like, I, I think you, your mum gives you a shopping list you need to fill. So I, I went off to try find a store to fill this shopping list. A cat stole the shopping list at some point, like ran into a forest. So I chased it through the forest to this abandoned factory that I then went in to try get this shopping list back from the cat while doing that, stumbled in, like, I, things go weird in the factory, essentially. Come across this girl who, at some point, you're in a lift with the girl and the lift doors open to some weird dimensional realm and she's snatched by these creatures from there and then your kind of, your your mission at that point is to kind of try rescue this girl. Um, I played for about 15 minutes, initially, uh, and... The first big old red flag was you when you walk up to objects you can interact with, you'll get a little UI prompt that you know press press A to interact. Sure. That UI prompt would show up and I'd press A and press A and press A and nothing would happen. And I'd have to sort of infinitesimally move my character slightly to get it into the zone where I could actually interact with the object. And it's sort of like it why was, is the prompt coming yeah, up? It was then, fr- yeah, it was. I was frustrated. Like, why are you showing me this prompt if it's not where I can actually, like, either expand the zone where I can use it or have the prompt come up when I'm actually in the area? So that was my first sort of like, okay, that's that's not great. That's weird. Um, it the start of the game is very much like the start of any RPG. You sort of you need to be given a direction to go in, essentially. This was just like, I'm home. And so I wandered around for like a while going, what what am I supposed to actually be doing here? Like it was (laughs) only when I stumbled across this list from my mum that I had anything approaching like, this is what you should go and do. Sure. So that was was frustrating to kind of be like, this feels really directionless and weird. I don't know what's happening here. Um, At that point, I kind of put the game down for a while just because I was like, "Mm, I'm not, this isn't thrilling me. But funnily enough, it was something you mentioned in our last episode, the, which is our best of games, um, about Moonlighter. How you you put it in your honorable mentions list, and you were like, "You think there's a good game in Moonlighter, but neither of us found it." Yep. That should have inspired me to go back and play Moonlighter. To be perfectly <laughs> honest, but I sort of I went back to Y2K and I was like, "No, I'm gonna I'm gonna move past these kind of cosmetic." issues and i'm gonna see if there's a good game buried in here i'm gonna actually go looking i played like six hours of this game and i which is which was four hours of okay maybe it's maybe the good game's a little bit further and then it was two hours of you gotta be fucking kidding me here right why am i still playing this game so did you finish it i didn't i didn't get anywhere close to finishing it it um okay for starters the story is this giant complex Weird, just clunge of ideas, essentially. Or, uh, cl- wait, clunge? 
Kludge. You like, can't, can't say that anymore, bro. <laughs> it's 2019. It's 2019. Um, it's just this weird mishmash of ideas about like, you know, one of the enemies is like, or one of the main kind of enemies is the soul survivor. And the soul survivor is what you get when a soul leaves a physical body to travel a realm. And, but there are multiple universes. So you and another universe might have left your body and blah, 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 blah. And at that point, I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? I'm so confused right now. And these story bits are interspersed with your character, this very self-involved 30-year-old having like lengthy internal monologues um, and kind of being like low-key douchey to female characters and stuff. Like, I, knew, I knew of that part of it. I knew that, that it was like this kind of meta and that the yeah. essay is postmodern. I didn't realize it also just had like a, just a boring standard RPG story behind it as yeah. well. That was just I like I've said a million times on this podcast I'm a story junkie when it comes to games and I was just so confused by all of it. I was like I've got nothing to hang on to here. There's nothing kind of and then every time my character talks I fucking hate him like he's an asshole. Um so there's all that going on. There's there's one point where it just straight up says like you need to be a certain level to talk to this character, go out and grind. And I'm like that's horrible horrible game design. <laughs> you should never tell the player to go grind. That's fucked. Unless it's dancing. Sure. Like if it's like put, <laughs> yeah. put your game device down, yeah. hit the club. Dance dance procreation. <laughs> um and so to get to the to get to the combat, the combat has Little so so you you essentially your your characters use kind of everyday objects as weapons. Like the main character uses CDs. Mm-hmm. Um, another person uses like a, a keytar, a combination of a guitar and a keyboard. If you're sure not you know that big into crazy hybrid instruments, um, what's another guy uses? Oh, I can't even remember. But another kind of another kind of everyday a camera. He uses a camera. Just throws um, cameras or just, just like, like swings whip, around? Just like you can have... There's a special attack where you can take photos that cause damage, but he just generally swings the camera strap at the enemy. Okay. Um, so, like the the Kita one, it's as simple as pull the pull the thumbstick back until the light goes green and then release. Oh, right. So it is that kind of yeah, Mario. that kind of thing. And then, and then when you get a better Kita, you can add in like a button press at the end to get one more combo on top. Right, sure. <clears throat> my main character's one was it's kind of a record spinning and you had to press a button when like the stylus hit certain colored parts kind of difficult but as you kind of got into the rhythm of it you can rack up like like and you get a better cd that you're fighting with you can do like six combo hits nine combo hits etc etc my frustration was i had upgraded my weapon twice and i'd do a six hit combo thing and do one point of damage <laughs> And at no point was it ever explained to me like, oh, the reason you're doing one point of damage is this. I just sit there going like, my character's useless in every fucking battle I do. Thankfully, the other characters I've got with me will do like 12 damage off a three combo hit kind of thing. It never told me why my character was like, just... Did you try like Googling it or? I just, I reached a point where I'm like, I don't care. I don't know if Yeah, this... but that point took you six hours to yeah, get to. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I feel like an idiot because of it. Trust me. I it's I, I repeat, I should have played Moonlighter again. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just... Everything about it frustrated me. 
That's such a it bummer. Was, yeah, it was really just like this. Kind of sounds like something quite up your alley, like a but the, the concept of a postmodern RPG. Sure, that has John written I, all I, over it. I think if they stripped a shitload of the story away, made the main character shut up, <laughs> <laughs> which is heavy, I know, but he just annoyed me so much. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, I, I do love a silent protagonist. Yeah. Um, uh... Give me a fucking tutorial. Like yeah. I'm I'm gonna say this for a couple of the other games I played this month, but give me a fucking tutorial. Explain what's going on. Like I just don't drop me in and be like, cool, this is just go. Just work it out. There are some games that work for, this was not one of them. So if you weren't ever at any point like I wanna look this up and No. Well see I I do that straight away, like this Tetris ninety nine game that just came to Switch online for free. Mm. Um it's it's really great and you can just play you know about it right it's like yeah, Tetris Battle yeah. Royale it's like yeah. a hilarious thing everyone's saying about it you play against uh, 99 other Tetris players sure. um, and uh, you can like use the sticks you basically control with a D-pad and buttons the, your game of Tetris but then you can use the sticks to uh, whenever you clear a line or, or, or a full Tetris um, you can send junk to other screens and you can choose right. which screen or you can even choose like a, which a group of who you'll send your junk to, um, and then like that's how you kind of rack up kills. Sure, um, but the game doesn't explain any of that to yeah. you. So I, like you know, I, after I played it for like an hour, then I just googled how to play Tetris ninety nine, and someone had already written a guide. Yeah, you got to do those sometimes. Sometimes like, I I totally get that, but I think there are so many other elements to it that I'm just like. The small cosmetic stuff I said, like, why am I, why can I, why, why is there a UI to interact with something when I can't interact sure, with it? Sure, yeah, yeah. Like, so many other little things like that that is just built up to I'm putting my Switch down, I'm not playing this anymore, I, I can't be bothered, kind of thing. Um, this also has a pretty average um, overall Metacritic score. Yeah, it's not, and I saw on, it's developed by AC Studios, ACKK, published by what I assume is called Yzbrid Games. Um, and I saw on their Twitter earlier, like, you know, when you Google something and it has like a couple of the latest tweets from a particular yeah, uh, yeah. thing. It was something about some streamer posting a video that they didn't want posted on Discord or something. And the tweet ended with like, we know this game is not for everybody, but that was not cool. So look, I, I will caveat it with this. this. There might be people out there that think this game is the bee's knees. And if so, that's dope. It's great to have games you like. This just so many so many things about it just left me cold that I, I walked away from the experience being like I I can't recommend this game. Yeah, so they're, they're actually they're responding to a prominent YouTuber illegally uploaded their game the game to with their Discord, thinking about what to do about this. Very disappointed. This game isn't for everyone, but this crosses a serious line. Yeah, and I agree. Not cool. If I ever find out what Discord is, I'll <laughs> I'll know for sure why yeah. that's not cool. <laughs> What? I actually have no idea what it is either. Yeah. Um but yeah, look, this this game just so many so many little things about it rubbed me the wrong way that like I said, can't can't throw that hearty slap of approval 
sticker on it. <laughs> um, anyway, cool. That was Y2K, a postmodern RPG. So all the other games that I've played, I have pretty much you know dipped a couple toes in. I haven't really played uh, too much of them. Sure. Uh, one game that I have played slightly longer than the others is a game called Almost There. Um, and the full name is Almost There, The Platformer. Um, and it is the first uh, ever um, console game developed in uh, Bangladesh. Dope. Um, and it's been developed by a man named Boni Yusuf, um, published by the Quantum Astrophysicist Guild. That's, that is a dope name. <laughs> yeah. Big shout out they to that. They also did uh, Tumblestone and The Bridge. Okay. Um, I've played Tumblestone. It's pretty good. The Bridge pretty rings fun. a bell. Um, but almost there is an ins- incredibly simple platformer, which uh, is just has me written all over it. And if, if you liked a Super Meat Boy, but were like, the graphics on this are too good. <laughs> uh, almost, <laughs> almost, almost there. You play as a square wearing a headband. Cool. Um, and as you uh, basically like move about, your headband like kind of shows off the motion that that like you know the, the direction that you're going in. Um, there's tons of saw blades and long uh, like jumps that you have to pull off perfectly. Uh, everything is timed, so you can you can just you know go through at your own pace and just pass the level, um, or you can try and get I think it's like gold or silver, um, and and you have to get an insanely hard uh, time to get like the gold. I, I hit. I went back and, and played the first few levels immediately after until I got the gold medal for finishing them quickly. And then after, as soon as I got like 10 levels in, it just gets so, so hard where you've got to land these perfect jumps as quickly as possible. And um, it has some strange, uh, uh, you can kind of, you when, when you hit a wall, you can jump off and then in a different direction. So it's almost like this like extra jump you can do. Okay. Uh, it, it's, it's hard to master, um, but I imagine if I, if, if I put enough time into it, basically like if, if you play the first 20 levels of the first set of levels there's like three sets okay and to unlock the fir- the second set you play the first 20 set 20, 20 levels of the first set then you play the first 10 levels of the second set you're not the third set right so i've played the first uh 10 to 20 levels of each set and okay. they introduce different mechanics in each set there's three sets all up i think there's like i think it's like 80 levels or something all up nice um and uh like i, I know that these kind of games are a uh, a dime a dozen um but this was really fun and and really um you know, just like a, a good kind of. And same. What was that one game I, I liked a while ago? Something about shapes, geometry, heroes, or notes. I know the one you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, uh, I can't a, remember. A couple the name. episodes ago. Yeah. Um, it, it reminds me of that. It's it incredibly simplistic. Wasn't that the one where Bianca? Yeah, wife my, was if, like, if "Why my, are you playing this?" If my wife caught me playing almost there the platformer, she would think I had brain cells missing because she doesn't understand. Right, those incredibly like you know she's seen the, me, the purity me, of gameplay, baby. She, exactly, she sees me play God of War, and she's like, "How come you only play games like this? Why would you go back to something <laughs> so primitive?" Um, but there is just something that I'm so hooked on when it comes to to platforming, sure. Just you know, being a thing, jumping over a a, 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 a lack of of thing, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and uh, I think this is yeah, this is different enough from all the other games. That are similar to it to uh, to warrant its existence. I uh, give it a thumbs up. Almost there, cool. the platformer. Shout out to Bangladesh for putting the name on the map with such a confident game. Yeah, it's real good. Yeah. Um, my turn again. Yes, your turn again. Oh, get ready for another grouse. So you had a just. I had a I had just a kind of a bad month. And you didn't you didn't even play Kingdom Hearts three. Yeah. Um, that's the thing. It's like I was we were talking about earlier. So like 
you, you take a risk sometimes and sometimes it doesn't pay off. Mm. Um, I also went through, I think you were, you were talking something similar a couple of episodes ago. You just go through periods where you like, you just, other, other things take your interest. Totally. Yeah. One piece, for example. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think I just, I had some period, I had some time over the, since the last episode where the gaming muse left me. I just kind of did other things for a while. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes that you you you're waiting for something to hook you instead of putting yeah. putting the time in to be hooked N- by something. Nothing, nothing was really hooking me this month. Yep. Anyway, to move on to the next one, um, the game is called Riot: Colon Civil Unrest. Um, colon is in the punctuation mark, not the um, body part. Yep. There's no riot in your digestive system. It was developed by Leonard Menciari and Marco Agricola, uh, who are Italian. Um, you don't say. <laughs> Ita- yeah, who are Italian game developers, um, which look, I love I love the fact that indie games are an international thing. Mm-hmm. It's always cool when you see an indie game that's from outside the sort of British, British slash American, um, where you, you know, Brit- UK or America, where you generally find them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Riot Civil Unrest is a real-time strategy game that is based on, as the na- as the name suggests, uh, riots. So it was um, it was inspired by the Leonard's uh, experience with the No TAV riots in um, in Italy. So in each thing, you can like you can choose to play as either the rioters or the police. Okay. Each level, you will have a um, uh, an objective. So I played rioters for the time I played the game because you know, fuck the police. Yep. Um. So your your things might be you need to you're at a construction site and you need to destroy three generators, or you're on a highway and you need to ensure that the police do not cross a certain point, or you're in a town square and you need to occupy a certain part of the the map. And stay there for a period of time. But Each- here's the twist: you're allergic to eggs, <laughs> um, and the police are your aunt. Um, so immediately, like on paper, I was like, "This is a really fucking cool idea." Like, this isn't this isn't like a, a, a StarCraft or a WarCraft where it's an epic battle you're fighting. It is a five minute engagement between law enforcement and people who are just trying to get their point across. Um, that sounds really cool. Um, the art style, which is sort of like very, very pixely sort of, I want to say like almost sword and sorcery-esque. Okay, sweet. Not, not maybe as beautiful as sword and sorcery, but still that kind of like huge masses of like little pixel people kind of milling around and stuff. Sure. I started playing it and first things first, for a game... This kind of complex, it is insane that they don't have a tutorial. Again. Completely fucking insane. Like, I had to feel my way through the first couple of levels just going like, all right, well, what if I put this here? And do No, okay, that doesn't seem to work. Okay, but what Does it kind of push itself as a trial and error kind of game or? No, it doesn't. Like, it just, it seems to kind of drop you in and be like, you know how to play this, right? Go. And you're like, <laughs> I don't know how to play this. Like, give me a level where you run me through the thing. And I, I, I don't know if starting on rioters was maybe not the correct idea. Like, maybe police would have been a bit more organized. That's what the tutorial is. Because, yeah. You've got to go to cop school. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, each, at the kind of, I, 
there's like you can play a sort of campaign where you go through all these riots around the world and it, it includes like the Arab Spring is what? sort of like it it's based on real instances of civil unrest um <laughs> Which is wild, I know. Who wants this kind of thing? I, look, that's what I'm saying. It was a very interesting concept on paper. It never really dives into the actual full-on politics of each situation, which some might find lacking. But I, was, I mean, I, I can't see a game handling that with the deafness that it would oh, require. So maybe best that they avoided it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've seen other. I did read some reviews on this one, and some people were like, "Oh, they didn't go deep enough into the reasons behind." Blah blah. blah. I was like, "Look, I don't care about that. That's fine." Like you said, games either, either, either side things. they fall on is going to piss people off. So yeah, it's best yeah. if they just don't kind of do that thing and just piss you off instead. Yeah. So the lack of tutorial was immediately frustrating, having to be like, I don't know how to play this game. What the shit? Um, at the start of each level, in a sort of there's an arcade, I guess you call it an arcade mode, where you choose the country and you play through a series of series of riots. Um, or you can do a campaign version, which is where you kind of play through riots around the world and each riot you complete successfully. You unlock like an item you can use or a character that you can have in your riot, um, et cetera, et cetera. So playing as the rioters, you can kind of, you can choose from a variety of different um, items. You have four kind of item, uh, you, four items you can take into battle with you. It might be like firecrackers, which you can throw at the police to distract them and kind of unsettle them. Or it might be social media, which you can use to bring reinforcements in. Or a camera, which you can use to take photos of what's happening during the riot in an effort to sway public sentiment to your point. Because there's at the end of each level, you're based on like, there's this sort of it's like effectiveness points, which is, you know, whoever kind of, if I don't want to say damage, like when you're the riders, you actually don't want to cause damage. I think either side, you want to be as peaceful as possible, but it might be a case of like the more damage you committed, the more, you know, effective you've been. There's also political points, which is based on if you were wildly violent during the rally, you get less political points, which means the public's turning against you. Um, I had one, I had one level where I like lost wildly on the effectiveness, but because I won political points, I actually won won the level in the end. Right, super confusing. <laughs> like there's just all these kind of mechanics at, at sort of thing. Playing this on Switch, the controls are a nightmare. Like straight up, because each each riot you have like four to five groups of rioters. Picking a certain group was next to impossible. Like, supposedly you can just go up and down on, a, on one of the thumbsticks, but it would jump from, like, the first group to the third group to the fourth group, then back to the second, and that's purely hitting down, 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 down. Um, even when you got the group you wanted, it's really tough to control them. Like, trying to throw... Trying to throw, a, a, like, rocks or a firecracker at police, you kind of point the direction you want to go... And then the crosshair will zoom out and just keep zooming, 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 zooming. And immediately you're like, fuck, reset, try again. Uh. It's so hard to get that kind of like, to get granular control over what you're trying to do. Like if it locked on and you could kind of move between the lock on various... More than 50 years of video games, we still can't work out how to throw a rock. It's, yeah. <laughs> I'd throw a rock at this video game, I'll tell whoa, you that much. Whoa, settle down. Whoa. <laughs> anyway, um... Mm. 
it was just it was just yeah i i was i was bummed because i was like this could be a really interesting cool way to do things like interesting topic almost like you know a kind of like into the breach like they've they've taken this format rts which is normally giant battles and reduced it to this kind of very small lens could lend itself some really interesting gameplay and it just it it felt undercooked um like even i was praising the graphics before but the camera option you have for the rioters the idea is that you're supposed to take photos of the police brutalizing your your the you know the people you're riding with it's so impossible in the heat of the riot to tell what's actually happening between people right. that I wound up just clicking this camera at random places around and sort of hoping that it caught something going on. Um, so six hours you put into this game? No. <laughs> I learned my lesson. Um, yeah, I just, I got maybe two hours in, finished a bunch of riots and was like, this is a mess. This is, this is nigh unplayable. Damn. Um, what a bummer. Yeah. So this is this is another one. It seems if, to have again all the all these games we talked about have like a meta, meta score of like sixty two, yeah, sixty three. Um, and yeah, may look if if they if they fix certain things about it, if they fix the controls, they fix some of the mechanics of locking on and stuff. They make a few things a bit plainer, and if they add a fucking tutorial, <laughs> I would probably even enjoy this game a lot more. But as it stands. I'm sorry, I cannot recommend Riot Civil Unrest. Right. Um, let's talk about a game that I've bought now on three different platforms. Hey. <laughs> and it is called Downwell. Right. I have um, this on iOS. Yeah. I've had it on my phone for a long, long time too. And I've, I've, I've never really put that much time into it. I think we discussed it last step or the app before. Yeah. When it was coming out. Uh, it's Yeah, it's been developer, developed by a dude called Moppin. Um, who went on to go work at Nintendo for a while? Steady Moppin. Um, Ojiro Fumoto is his name, but he worked uh, he worked for Nintendo after the success of Downwell and actually quit earlier in the year or late last year. Uh, but this game originally came out for um, iOS in 2015, and then uh, followed again uh, Android. Um, I've played it on PlayStation Vita, where it came out in 2016, as well as PlayStation 4, and it made it way, it's made, made its way to the Switch last week. And I'm putting it out there. The definitive way to play down well is on the Switch. And I'll let you know why. Using the... Yeah, yeah, we'll get to it. So this is a game that was originally developed for phones. Right. um, And so you hold it... Vertically. Vertically. Um, And so basically you are a dude who has rockets in his feet. Is it rockets or is it guns? Choose your poison, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Uh, (laughs) um, But... uh, yeah, so you, you're basically like you're, you're you're descending down into this well, um, mm. and there are all kinds of enemies. You can either jump on them or shoot them before they uh, like with your feet. But once they're once you're below them, they can attack you from above, and there's nothing you can do about that, sucker. <laughs> uh, you make your way down the well, and you get upgrades to your feet. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, I, I, I mean, I always thought it was an it's, it's it's an endless well. It is an endless well, right? And it's like it is roguelike in that it is like. Um, you know, it's it's randomly procedurally generated yep. every time you play. It's completely different, different upgrades, you, different you, enemies, different um, patterns. You die, you die, you start at the top every time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I played on phone and I would always kind of play for like two minutes. Like, oh yeah, pretty fun. Well-made game, whatever. But my biggest problem with it was that you cover... I, I would just always... I would fuck up because my thumb or, or finger would cover a part of the screen sure. that I needed to see. 
So immediately that knocks iOS out of the running of, sorry, phones out of the way for, uh, for the way you, you should play this game. Right. Um, if you play this game normally on, uh, on Switch or on, uh, on PS4 or, or Vita, um, it basically the, the, the equal parts... So the, the, the game plays in the middle of the screen right. with equal parts blank space left and right of the screen. So right. you only... Horrible only, use of screen real estate. Exactly. Um, but the Switch has Tate mode. Yeah. which is when you turn the switch vertically and then I have the flip grip, um, yeah. which I highly recommend everyone that is interested in playing games this way because uh, it works really, really well. It's not something that, you know, you buy like some weird um, fan-produced yeah. attachment that you, you attach it to something important and you're like, oh, fuck, this is going to break my expensive yeah. thing. Um, but this, you know, it's extremely well made and, and you can now play this game with buttons uh, using up the full screen of your switch handheld and it is so good. I got further than I ever have before in this game. I've unlocked... All these cool different, you know, skins and and, uh, and and colors and that kind of thing for future playthroughs. So you can change it up. Um, it's all cosmetic stuff, but it's fun. Sure. Um, and it's just like a, it's a really addictive game loop of just yeah. you know trying to get down as low as you can, unlock new shit, see what you can see, take on new enemies, get fucked up. It's it, it rules. It's a really really great game. I'm really bummed that this developer didn't stay at Nintendo because I was I actually thought that he was going to be responsible for like making some truly original phone games for Nintendo. That would have been wild. Uh, but who knows what he did while he was there. Um, but I'm looking forward to him kind of making new games because I, I think Downwall is a really, really sick game. Uh, it was published by Devolver Digital for Switch. Um, again, doing great stuff. And it's like, I think it's like four four bucks or something on Switch. Yeah. Could get it, man. It's great. It's great shit. Cool. Downwell. It's a, it's a must-play game at some point in your life. And if you have that flip grip, the Switch is the best way to play it. If you don't have the, the flip grip, you can just play Enable Tate Mode separate your joy cons and then put it on a table and i guess look over okay or, or, or lean it against something you can still play it that way with your with the detached joy cons but if you want to have the full handheld tate experience get that flip grip nice i love how it. much does the flip grip go for uh i got it for like you, ten dollars us plus shipping kick i kickstarted kick it? yeah, okay. yeah i solely kickstarted it oh, right with my ten dollars um but i think yeah i i can't imagine it's too too yeah. expensive sure has a Metacritic score of 87% down well. Oh, dang. Probably the best rated game we've talked about on the podcast today. That's pretty good. What was Pikaniku? Uh, I'll let you know when you... Uh, uh, there we go. Right, right now, 76%. Okay. Wargroove, 85%. Oh, dang. Yeah, like Downwell's still in the lead. Right. Is, is, is your next game going to beat it? No, definitely not. But as a, uh, as a refreshing surprise, I actually quite enjoyed the next game that I'll talk about. Oh, yeah? Um, uh, so the game is called Zombie Night Terror. And it is developed by an independent studio in France called Noclip. Um, basically, the the easiest way to sum up Zombie Night Terror is Lemmings meets zombies. Right. Um, which I'm I'm a sucker for zombies. Yeah, I may have um, said when you told me you play as I said, may have said why the fuck did you? Yeah, play a exactly. Game with Zombie Night Terror. Um, uh, yeah, I'm a sucker for zombies. I might be one of the only people on the planet that's actually excited for Days Gone. The, <laughs> the the PS4 game, um, yeah, I thought it looked pretty cool. You don't um, even have a PS4. <laughs> I know, but I'm still excited for it. Um, I'm going to be watching the hell out of some YouTube videos when that game comes out. Um, so yeah, it's it's you sort of you start the game um, like a guy comes out of a movie theater with with two two women and they've just gone and seen a zombie movie. And he starts getting sick and becomes the first zombie that you control. 
Um, now, interestingly enough, uh, I played this game on Switch. Uh, it's all touchscreen. Oh, right. Yeah. I, I was like the first the first thirty seconds. I was like frantically moving the joysticks and pressing buttons. My like, is broken. like what the hell's going on? And then I realized it's all done through the touchscreen, which is actually like a really kind of cool feature. Um, you know, there's there's definitely games that incorporate touchscreen stuff, but never do full touchscreen. Um, do you know what happens when you play at docks? Uh, I think you can. You like. Because you use the, you can use the joysticks to like move around the screen, and like in Lemmings, how you can set certain Lemmings to do certain tasks. It's the same with this game, but you use mutations. So you mutate your zombies to do different things. You can mutate them to explode to kind of blow down walls and doors, or you can set up zombies that kind of redirect other zombies back in different directions, sort of thing. Cool. Um, and I guess you could probably be able to do that. If it was docked, it definitely it when when in a loading screen it shows docked mode kind of thing and tells you what to do. Um, personally, I'll, I'll this is not a game I would play docked. Um, it's it's well, very, very, this, you should tell everybody the truth. I don't have that. My dock is not connected to my TV. So your dock is your dock sits next to your TV and has a power cable connected to it, but you have not connected your dock to your TV since since I moved house. I just I couldn't be bothered kind of hooking it i just i don't play on the big screen that's that's the long and short of it like sure it's it's purely for portable stuff yeah I, I am like yeah that's I, why i love I, it i mostly lie to myself yeah with my, with my dock connected to my tv screen yeah also it had a weird thing where if i put it in the dock while it would turn on it was autom- it would automatically turn my tv on and i was like that's weird stop <laughs> stop doing that i like that <laughs> yeah i find it odd um i've played like i've played maybe the first five six levels of this um and if you're if you're a fan of puzzles, if you're an old man like me that remembers Lemmings from back in the day, of course, it's, let's go. It's it's very enjoyable. It's it's a very interesting kind of take on the um, on the genre because as you you can you can infect people and they will go on to bite other people and create more zombies. Um, to use mutations, you need to build up genetic points that you do through through right. um, uh, converting people to zombies. But the further you go, the more people are aware that there is a zombie apocalypse happening. So you start running into people who are armed with guns. And you might have built up a decent zombie horde, but one guy with a machine gun can wipe shitloads of zombies off your team in one fell swoop. So the next time you run that level, you've got to think around that guy of like, okay, well... Oh, there's a there's a breakable floor here that'll drop me into a sewer that will allow me to kind of circumvent this guy or come around behind him or oh, any number of things. Sounds good. I'm so glad you liked a game this month. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, some really kind of interesting mechanics along those lines. Um, and apparently, from what I've read, like it only gets the 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 further you go, the harder it gets. And unlike Lemmings, each level each level is sort of um, narratively follows on from the oh, one cool. previous. That's so fun. like. The, the third through sixth level, I'm like chasing a mad scientist through the levels and he's throwing obstacles up in my way kind Fun. of thing. Um, yeah, really enjoyed it. What's Re- it called? Uh, Zombie Night Terror. All right. Got a cool kind of pixel art style to it. Everything's in black and white like a movie, but whenever there's blood involved, it's, oh, that's it's fun. nice and red. Yeah, cool. That kind of cool thing. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh, I was published by No Shepherd. Uh, sorry, Good Shepherd. Good Shepherd have done some good good stuff. Yeah, cool. 
Um, they actually published uh, the next game I'm about to talk about. Oh, nice. And that is a port of uh, two games that came out uh, like five and three years ago. Mm. And they are Ollie Ollie and Ollie Ollie 2. Ah, oh, I have played this. Um, Ollie Ollie is a skating game. It came out in uh, 2014 um, uh, for Vita originally. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, then they released a sequel called Ollie Ollie 2 Welcome to Hollywood. Welcome Hollywood. to Hollywood. And basically, yeah, the first it's like a it's a two D pixel based uh, skating game, um, where you basically skate around and do cool tricks. Yeah, uh, it's pretty fun and intuitive controls. Uh, it's not quite as fluid and easy to understand as like say Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Two on PS Two. Sure, PS One. Sorry, I but- think having played this, I think the main reason for that is unlike those games, you need to, I think move the joystick downward to land. Yes. And you have to time it properly. Yeah, yeah, that's the biggest thing. That's what fucked me up every time. Yeah, so I um I fucked around with the first Ollie Ollie for an hour and then I was like, oh I had like Bro do six. I had to yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I was one of those games I'm like, this is gonna be one that I never delete off my Switch because it's gonna be so fun just to come back. Sure. Fuck around. It's it's definitely a pop in game. Um I was like, oh I've got, you know, ten minutes or whatever till this train is is done. Um, I'll uh, in the oven because <laughs> I cook my trains. Um, but I, I'll, I'll I'll see what the sequel's like. Fuck, the sequel is such an amazing step up. Yeah. In terms of like, there's more tricks you can do. It's still kind of off using the same mechanics, but also just like it looks better and it's way more. The, the story is the same. You know, this there's no story in the first one. No. Um, that I could see in in my hour that I play with, but then the, the, basically like the same skater is plucked from his reality and thrust into all of these famous Hollywood kind awesome. of homages that you can skate through. Cool. And uh, so I'm definitely going to be playing a lot of Ollie Ollie Two in the next month and uh, and giving you a better better report on that next next episode. Yeah, I, might, I might cop Ollie because like I said, I played the first one and it was. I don't want to say it's it's like a rhythm game, but there's definitely... Like, oh, I would definitely compare it to yeah? that. Yeah, you, you have to be precise. Yeah, I always like... I'd pull some amazing trick and then forget at the last second that I need to land. Yes, so you need, you need to make sure that you hit down on the left uh, yeah. joystick and it as can, you hit the ground. D- depending on how close you are to the ground when you hit the joystick, you can get a perfect or you can get... I can't remember what the other ones... There's like... It has a rating system of like poor, yeah, yeah, perfect, course, yeah. that kind of thing. Perfect. Um, there's um, and each level in the first one at least, each level has like, you know, earn a seven like, earn a seventy five thousand point score, earn a one hundred and fifty thousand point score, do a yeah, do, do, do a do like backside nose slide yeah. on like this obstacle, pick up these things. Like it's got a lot of the sort of the objectives that. Early Tony Stark, Tony Stark, Tony <laughs> Tony Stark's pro skater. I would play that. That'd be so that good because be he wouldn't even it'd be like airborne skater, yeah. skating. Yeah. Um, Make it happen, Marvel. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's. But at the same time, playing it, I'm like, this is a really cool, fresh indie take on the skate genre. Yep. Cool. Yeah, it really is. Just the the fact that it's you know because you were so used to playing like 3D yeah skating games yeah but ha- having the 2D the pixels the pixels are great. It's yeah. cool. I, I'm really enjoying this. I think they're making a third one, which is why they package these two together. But um, it's totally. Oh fuck it! Maybe it already is it already oh, out. Ollie, Ollie, Ollie Throsby. <laughs> um, that's cool. Yeah, I, the, it's because it is a it, it is a like. Can you buy them individually on Switch, or does it come as the package? Come as the package. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, 
I'm just looking at my these my... have, these have uh, pretty good uh, Ollie Ollie too. 86 on Metacritic. Damn. I've never given a fuck about Metacritic e- until right now. I'm e- really interested now. Equal, equal first with um, Downwell. <laughs> um, Roll seven of the developers, sorry. And again, published by Good Shepherd. I'm looking at I'm looking at what I've got left. Uh, let's do let's do space plans. So I I like playing games on my phone. Mm-hmm. I know this is this has been not a point of contention for us, but I know that you're not you're not as big into iOS stuff as as I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to admit, I really like they redesigned the iOS store a while back to give it a more kind of editorial approach. So it, yeah, I, 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 every time I open the app store now, they're always like, I've actually bought quite a few games recently just because yeah. I'm like, oh, that actually sounds cool. They interview the creators, like yeah, they do creator interviews or they do like, here's it's it's Halloween. Here are the best spooky games on yeah, iOS. I, kind I, of I would thing. go like, as far to say that there's now better visibility for games yeah. on like you know for a select few games on the iOS store than there is on the Switch and or PS4. They've also started Certainly doing Steam. Like, when, when you're looking at oh Steam, what a nightmare. Um, and when you're looking at certain games, when you're looking at games, they'll have recommended other titles down the bottom that are in the same kind of vein or same genre. I don't know how I stumbled across this one, but it's a game called Space Plan. Uh, it is made by what's the guy's name? Uh, a guy called Jake Hollands, um, who interestingly enough was also one of the artists on Not a Hero. Oh yeah, from which also. Developed by Roll Seven. Oh, there you go. Yeah, um, and Space Plan is also released by uh, Devolver Digital. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I'll read the I'll read the about from the Devolver page. Uh, Space Plan is an experimental piece of interaction based. Wait, Space Plan is an experimental piece of interaction based partly on a total misunderstanding of Stephen Hawking's A Brief History of Time. Use manual clicks and the passage of time to create and launch potato-based devices and probes from your nondescript satellite (laughs) orbiting a mysterious planet. Unlock the mysteries of the galaxy or just kill some time in what the astrophysics community is calling the best narrative sci-fi clicker game of all time. Now, I'm sure we've dealt with this at some point. I am a sucker for clicker games. I didn't realize you could do clicker games on your phone. These oh. are essentially games that you don't really need to play. You can allow them to play for you. Yeah, to to a certain extent. I mean, I've like, going back to Cookie Clicker, huge, huge fan of that one. I have another, what you'd call idle game. It's not necessarily clicking based, but it's called Egg Incorporated. Not to be um, confused with Egg with 5Gs. Yeah, of course. There is no puking, sadly, in Egg Incorporated. But Egg Incorporated, you are running a chicken farm that makes eggs and you need to just level up your your coops. Uh-huh. Um, and there's various upgrades you can make that give you more eggs. You upgrade your trucks that carry the eggs out, etc., etc. I've been playing Egg Inc. for probably a year and a half now. Um, they've added various stuff every time that makes it great, but we're not dealing with that. Space Plan is like the it, the game starts with you kind of bringing this satellite back online, and you got to tap to create energy. Yep, it's so all. I, it's I, all. I've just found it. You can go and play the prototype of this. Yeah, jhollands.co.uk/spaceplan. Yeah. So how much is it free on iOS or? I think it was like two ninety nine. Yeah, like right. it's cheap as chips. It's really two to four ninety nine, something along those lines. Um, and so I'm clicking a square. To generate watts. Watts. So you're generating energy. Um, and I just once... got enough. I just did 100 clicks and I can buy a potato. 
Right. You can you you start. You can buy solar panels, and solar panels create like zero point one solar watts, cells. Solar cells zero point one watts per second. Then you get a battery. I don't know why all the clickers I enjoy are food based. There's probably something in there. <laughs> potato but potato battery. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm not going to dive too deep into it, but it's like as you you're orbiting this planet that you know nothing about, so you send probes down over time. This is kind of spoilery, but I'll I'll dive in anyway. Eventually, you realize that. This planet you're circling is Earth, mm-hmm. but humanity is dead and long gone. So you, I'm gonna I'm gonna record my clicking as you talk. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it's happening live, folks. Um, so you concoct some weird idea to like turn the sun into a black hole and fly through it to travel back in time to find out what happened to the earth or something <laughs> or it's some of the weird like if we increase the mass of the sun it will eventually create an infinite something or other some weird thing but this is all done like your satellite kind of telling you as you reach certain points um and it results in you going back in time and then expands to the whole kind of solar system and it's a bit more sort of challenging than your average clicker there are certain points because you you are watching your satellite launch your your little satellite launch things down to the planet or into orbit as well. And so in later levels, you've actually got to like launch probes at certain to hit certain points on a planet. So there's a bit of challenge based Dude, on that. this is fucking awesome. Yeah, buy it on phone, man. It's, yeah. it's great. I, I, the, my one problem with it was I thought it was going to go on longer. Like I ripped through this in two days. Right. Like, and that's, that's... But I know what you're like with these kind yeah, of Yeah, that's, that's I, 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 like 45 minutes lying in bed before going to sleep, just like tap, 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 tap. Please don't be waking my wife. Tap, 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 tap. Um, I thought it was... I, I hoped that it would go on a bit longer. Um, but hey, it's it's an experimental proto- prototype, essentially. I guess the iOS release is not a prototype. It's, but it has a story. That's the craziest yeah, thing about this kind of game. Like, I mean, I guess there is Cookie Clicker kind of had a weird story. Cookie Clicker... <laughs> Those grandmas, man. It, had, it, it, it never explicitly ran you through the story whereas this is much more like you are you are being told a story as you go uh-huh um yeah i really enjoyed it give if me you... give me like 20 seconds and i'll hit 600 and I'll find out what you unlock with 600 watts all right um oh a pro potato yeah it's it's all potato pun based essentially Hell yes no wonder you liked it potato puns are extremely your shit yeah um yeah i'm i'm if you have a phone, buy Space Plan. It's great. Space Plan. Love, love Space Plan. So what is it? does it work in the background when you... Uh... Yes, but only for... You can buy upgrades that I think go up to like 90 minutes of away time. Oh, okay, sure. So you can't just like leave it forever and then come back and be like, boom, I'm going to finish everything at once. But right, sure. By the point by the point you're buying those upgrades, you come back and you've got enough watts to buy whatever you need to get you to the next kind of thing okay sure yeah i whenever i came back i was always like that's more than enough than i need to do what i need to do okay um i mean it's it's cool that it's narrative based it would have been fun if they had like an endless mode sure um just so i would keep going back to it because now that i've finished it there's nothing really drawing me to go back i like these the word outputter which is yeah, is that in the iOS version? Yeah, so it's like every every time you do something, it, you get commentary of what you've done. Yeah, yeah, um, that's pretty amusing. Yeah, real fun. Um, you got any other games? I got one more. It's All the right. uh, VR game called Pixel Ripped 1989. Oh, yeah, uh, and this is uh, developed and published by Arvor Immersive Games Incorporated. 
Um, and Hot damn. this is a game which, uh, like the the icon for it on the PS PlayStation Store, is essentially a Game Boy game. Okay. Um, it's set in 1989, and um, after basically a a, 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 a a town in a game enlist a young girl in school who's really, really good at computer games to um, save them from a, a, a guy who's going to destroy their village. Right. Um, and the entire thing, basically, it's, it's incredible in that it's, you're playing a really, really simple pixelated Game Boy game mm-hmm. in a 3D space in which a girl is hiding it from a teacher. Right, and you're trying to play this game at your desk. Okay, and you have like a um, a, a spitball. You look at the spitball with your head, and then you aim it at things to make distractions, so she doesn't see you playing this right. video game. Okay, but the intro to it is insane. It's like you, the whole. It, it is like this enormous 3D pixelated space. Okay, all in those Game Boy greeny, greeny gray colors. Game. Yeah, and the whole thing is just. Like so immersive around it, like you're so used to them trying to make semi-realistic, uh, you know, 3D environments for you to live in in VR. This is just like you're in an 8-bit game that's like framed all around you. Sure, it's really, really clever and unique. And uh, I'm gonna be playing. I, I, I actually like I reset it without saving so I could play the intro again because cool. I enjoyed it so much. Um, I haven't played much of it. Um, this is actually recommended to me by one of our listeners uh, called Jonathan McKay. He said, hey, just listen to all the small things. Thought you would probably like Pixel Ripped 1989 on PSVR. It's a game about playing a platformer on a Game Boy in class. Something that only works on VR. It's a hidden gem. And Jonathan, I would have to agree with you. Uh, and when he let me know it was, uh, it was out, uh, it was actually 50% off at the time. So very happy that I picked it up when I did. Cool. Um, I'm gonna, I only got to play a little bit of this because I, I only set up my PSVR yesterday and played Astrobot. Um, oh my God, John, that game. Not really a small game developed by Sony, but um, just remember the, the, that feeling when you first played Super Mario Galaxy Two. Sure, it's that, but in but for VR, it's Dang. just so incredible. That's great. Yeah, but um, yeah, look, I'm uh, very open to recommendations for indie games in PSVR. I got one. Oh yeah, super, super hot. hot. I have super hot super VR. Guess what hot. you need for that. I need to. I need to say super hot for the yeah, next five that's minutes. Right, but also I need, I need move controllers. Ah, right. You which don't I them. sold. With my move camera years ago when move wasn't going to be shit. But little did I know I should hold on for him. Never throw out anything. Right. Even if your wife is pregnant. Um, <laughs> so those are all the games that I played this month, John. Do not throw out your wife. Um, I Look, I've got a couple more games on my on my list. that um, <clears throat> I played a bit of Unruly Heroes. Yeah, I think you were still up to like the tutorial stage. I was, it was like the second one, the second stage. It was just... It's a platformer with a story based on the journey to the west myth. monkey magic monkey magic yeah. as as you know if you remember the 90s you remember monkey magic Ni- 90s you 80s, like, 80s yeah. 70s yeah. yeah um but yeah journey to the west which is a, a classic chinese kind of myth or legend that was turned into monkey magic uh so you play as you know you've got a, the monkey character the the kind of pigsy character the monk and then the girl. I, think, I think it was <laughs> I think it was the fish in Monkey Magic, but this it's like a kind of wild haired giant, almost Celtic looking kind of dude. Okay, right. Um, Not a girl. <laughs> no. Um, and you, I'm not far enough in the game to really have the story down. I think I, I think my issue with it was I was playing a lot of Hollow Knight at the time, 
which is just perfection in platforming mm. kind of kind of the platforming world and this one like the combat's not super satisfying and the platforming element's a bit floaty so I just kind of I, I just I don't, I don't hate it the art's beautiful um you know real real nice on the eyes but it was just one of those things where it's like this isn't inspiring me I uh, yeah i saw a lot of people comparing it to rayman legends and the small amount that i displayed like like we're talking minutes yeah. didn't really feel very rayman legendsy which is the main reason i was going to pick it up but maybe it was maybe it was the graphics because i have felt that with some of the the areas i've gone through that kind of rayman legends does those sort of beautiful backgrounds at various yeah, sure. points very panoramic um if, if i ever see it reduced on the shelf i'll pick it up sure that's by um Magic Design Studios, which is a uh, another developer out of France, mm-hmm. um, uh, an iOS game that just came out. I think it's on Steam at the moment as well, called Distrust, uh, which is you play as um, uh, uh, two people um, who get stranded on an Arctic base after their helicopter crashes, and you find out as you kind of move through the base that something is amiss. Uh, apparently, a UFO crashed nearby, and so. It's very. It's a isometric kind of survival game. You sort of you you search through various buildings. It's there are six zones you have to move through to get to the end. The the final zone is obviously where the UFO has crashed, and each zone just gets harder and harder. As like you need to manage food, you need to manage hunger, stamina, and uh, like temperature, warmth, essentially. Um, you know, each building has like a generator and a, a um, like a furnace in it to give you heat and power. The power kind of lights up the building and helps you search. I've been playing it the last couple of days. It just came out on the 18th. Um, fairly fun so far, and like full unlock of the game is 4:49 or something. Which yeah, cool. I'm like, cool, do that. That's fine. Uh, and the last game I played this month, which was a replay for me, um, which was Thimbleweed Park. I had this on Switch. I have not played a second. I, of it. I played this on iOS. I had it on Steam initially. Played it on iOS. I replayed it because I didn't really like it the first time I played it, and I thought it's been a while. It's been like a year and a half, maybe two years since I played it. I want to give it another run just to see if this, this time time has changed. This me is the game made by Point and Click Adventure Game Legend. Yeah, uh, Ron, Ron Gilbert. Ron Gilbert. That's, um, yeah. And he also had, I think, Gary Winnick, who worked on some of the early stuff with him at sure. Lucasfilm Games. Um, uh, it's another game that, on paper, I should love. Like Ron Gilbert, you know, every game he made for Lucas Arts was fucking incredible. I remember I your main it. criticism of it when you first played it was that it just wasn't funny. <sighs> Funnily enough, they added they added a, a setting in it where you can remove in jokes. Because a lot of what pissed me off was in my first playthrough was all these constant references to like how amazing Lucasfilm games are and how <laughs> you couldn't die in them and all that kind of stuff, which really grated my nerves. And thankfully, the setting removed that. But on my playthrough, I'm just like, this is... Look, I'll be positive to start with. I love the art. The art is exactly what you'd expect from like... It's that throwback to like Monkey Island and those kind of games. Love the art to death, but just the the kind of the the the. I mean, the gameplay is point and click. I can't really complain about the gameplay, but it's more the way they've constructed the game in terms of like you you initially start with these two secret agents that you can switch back and forth between, 
but you can essentially leave one of the agents somewhere and just forget about them for most of the game because there's no there's like it's not like the secret agents one of them is better at talking to people and the other one is better at doing this kind of stuff you can just there are occasionally puzzles where you need two people to do something right. but outside of those puzzles forget the other one oh, okay, just choose sure. which, choose whichever one you want to go with you eventually end up in control of five characters and even though each of them has the same goal which is to get into this abandoned factory in the town you're in there's just the puzzles just feel weirdly unfocused and like if you look at something like Day of the Tentacle where you play as three characters they all have the same mission which is to get home but it's very obvious what each of them needs to do to kind of like you can pick something up and go oh this needs to go to that character because it's clearly outlined that that puzzle happens with this it's just it's such a fucking mishmash I was playing on expert mode an expert mode, they say, like, there's a lot more red herrings in it, which is items you pick up that have no use in the game. But right. Just that kind of thing. Um, the ending, in my opinion, is atrocious. I don't know if you want me to spoil it for you. No, I don't do it. I can steal it off mic. Okay. I'll spoil it for you after. But I just, the ending, I think, is so disappointing. And, but one of the things that really bugged me, and I think it's indicative of the fact that it's a Kickstarter game, is in the last kind of part of the game. One of the great things with those old LucasArts adventure games was being able to look around the the environment you're in and yep. like click on things and get a little kind of funny snippet of dialogue from yeah, your sure, character. Yeah. Um, the last kind of the last section of the game has all these fascinating looking bits of art in it, but you can't interact with them. Right, this is the look. and then the few things that you can interact with, more often than not, all the characters say the same things. Which is like you've got these you've got these by that point four unique voices, but you're not using these unique yeah, which voices. was you know it was such a big part of what made those games special, yeah, and I think uh, the reason I say it's indicative of a Kickstarter is clearly at that point they're running out of money, and it becomes a case of get this out now right um and my feeling is like ron it's it's one of those things it's it's what I'll call like the Death Stranding issue, which is everyone's like, Death Stranding is going to be amazing because it's a Hideo Kojima game. And it's like, well, Hideo Kojima worked as part of a team with with constraints given to him by the company that he was with, Konami. And obviously, you know, fuck those pachinko fucks. But they still <laughs> played a part in the creation of those games. And I think it's the same. Like, Ron Gilbert was the brains behind a lot of these amazing point and click adventures from back in the day, but he still worked as part of a team under the auspices of LucasArts. And, and you think, had those constraints that, you know, yeah. Yeah. That sometimes work in favor of games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think it's just one of those things where it's like, you give this guy his, his druthers and he's just going to run wild with them. But the end result won't have that kind of focus that it did when he was under a system. Um, so yeah, fuck Thimbleweed Park. How many how many hours did you put in this game? Oh, uh, four or five maybe. But and then, I, like second playthrough, so ten. Yeah, um, ten in total. <laughs> I know this is your problem. Jack. I know. <laughs> but even even this this playthrough, I I I reached a point maybe halfway through where I'm like, I'm just going to follow a guide. I can't be bothered trying to think this through myself. Like these puzzles are so unfocused and strange. But you're that, all doing it on expert mode. This is true, but as I should have, I think I did it on expert mode the last time I played. Like I should have. I'm going to need you 
to just clear all games that you play in this next month with me before you play them. Oh, God. <laughs> it's Moonlighter. It's just Moonlighter. I'm <laughs> going to find that fucking good game. All right, that's it from me. Um, are you looking forward to any games in the next month? Yes, I am very excited to play Ape Out. Yep, the next Devolver um, game. Which is a Devolver, yeah, Devolver. Every fucking month, a Devolver game yeah. at the start. It's, it's, they are such a good publisher. Yeah, they're incredible. Um, ape Out, you play a uh, an ape trying to escape. A scientific facility. And as you, it's really gruesome, but the... The, um, the visual style are, is incredible. Yeah, I've, seen, I've seen a lot of people... Colors and, yeah. I've seen a lot of people compare it to like Soul Bass opening titles for shows and stuff like lots of kind of stark color and yep. whatnot yeah so real, that looks that looks cool and the the hopefully the because the trailer features like this kind of very kick and jazz soundtrack and i kind of hope that carries through into the game yeah um another developer another publisher that i really like is nicholas and i just got their latest game remy law lost girl in the lands of law um, I've played a small amount There's, there's, a, there's an embargo <laughs> That's such a horrible name It's Japanese as hell it man sucks <laughs> So Japanese um, But I also got the code today I just got it on my Switch For a new game coming out through uh, Pixel Lakes Called Treasure Stack Which okay. uh, showed up in an indie showcase last year Is that like the Tetris style one? Yeah but it's also a platformer So like yeah. treasure falls from above And you have to match it But then Grab you have to climb Run it and around and, and stuff Yeah Looks like a ton of fun yeah. And uh, extremely a game for me So looking forward to getting into that one What was the game you said you had a Steam code for? Ape Out Oh that's right Yeah sweet Yeah, yeah. Cool it Looks I'll like give, you might be playing some Ape Out <laughs> I'll, give that, I'll give that a run If my, my jankety old laptop lets me um, and uh, let's end this episode with some emails. We've got a couple emails right here. Mm-hmm. You can email the show by emailing us at all the small games at gmail.com. I just, guess- just to remind you, if you prefer the more, um, the more immediate approach, you can hit us up on Twitter at all the small game. That's right. US, or facebook.com slash all the small games. That's right. Um, we got two emails this month. Uh, one is from Bjorn who wrote to us a couple episodes ago. He says, hey guys, finally got around to listening to the last episode. Here's a few things. First off, fuck you. (laughs) He unfortunately doesn't say that. Uh, First off, I recently picked Celeste back up because I hadn't even realized there were seasides. Um, as I revealed I think, last episode. Thousands of deaths later and I actually managed to complete everything except the golden strawberries. Go and do them, Bjorn, and then email us. Yeah. Uh, and it's we're deleting we're deleting this email without reading any further. It cemented Celeste as the best platformer I've ever played for me. Um, the fact that I could pick it back up after eight months and jump, jump straight into the hardest levels alone is amazing. Totally agree. It's a game that I know one day I will get back into and get hooked on again and do all those insane challenges. Yeah. Uh, second, I'll throw I, my. I will not. <laughs> uh, he's also throwing his weight behind the Banner Saga. Um, I feel like a few listeners have recommended it to us. He just got the third part for the Switch, and I'm now in the middle of one epic journey through its amazing world. I want to mention that the gameplay in the first one is very bare bones, but it picks up in the second with a lot more abilities, more interesting battlefields, etc. Just F- FYI. I think I'm going to cop this on iOS. Oh, yeah, it's it, coming to that? It's on iOS. Okay, sweet. It's on now, I think. You love a phone game. I do. It's, well... Where do you play your phone games? It's all over the joint. All over like the joint. Bus ride, toilet. Oh, smoking as well. Yeah. They're smoking games. I know. Yeah. Um, last, I don't think either of you ever mentioned the return to of the Obra Dinn. And I remember that right. If I remember that right, get on it. It's probably the first real detective game in a way. The story is fascinating and it's got this really cool one-bit look. Apparently, it ended up on a bunch of top 10 lists all over the place. So give it a go if the internet wills it. I'm I, waiting for this to come to Switch. I, I'm desperately hoping it comes to Switch, but I might... 
um, bite the bullet and just get it on Steam. I know if I buy it on my computer, I won't I've, play it. I've and... seen it. I've seen it on heaps of people's end of years. I think we've got like top five for Tim Rogers. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of a lot of critics that I really yeah. like uh, really loved it. Um, he says, "Looking forward to more indie game chats in 2019. Looks like the first one I'll pick up this year will be Wargroove on the Switch to get my Advance Wars kicks." And shouldn't Untitled Goose Game be right around the corner as well? Do we have Q- a release date Q1, for that? Q1, Q2. Hmm, how exciting. I think first half of the year, definitely. QT. Mm. That, that goose. Thank, thank you, Bjorn. Thank you for uh, contacting us. Um, last email from Aaron, who wrote to us last month. Uh, what's up, guys? It's A-Rod again. I don't know if I'm going to call you A-Rod, Yeah, Aaron. Aaron. I call you A-Rod. Yeah. Two A's. I'm going to call you Ron Rod. <laughs> um, I was wondering, have you guys seen these new games by Joy Masher? I'm talking about Oniken, Odalus, and Blazing Chrome. Uh, two of them are currently announced on eShop. It's, I've I've rarely seen true 80s vibes like these, and I'm super pumped to play through them. Check them out. Sorry, I'll, I'll Google Joy Masher now and have this on my to-do list for next month. All right. And also, I, also, are you excited for Streets of Rage 4? I am. That's the one that is made by the same dev team who did the Wonder Boy and the Cursed Kingdom or whatever yeah, thing. Yeah, that's right. So, the... the the animatics that they've released for it so far look insanely good. Yeah. Uh, I, I am. I, I, love, I like brawlers a lot, yeah. especially when it's a brawler with heaps of carry in it. I mean, the, the Ubisoft Scott Pilgrim brawler is one of my favorite games of all time. It's real good. And if uh, someone ever brings a you know game like that back again, I'll be very happy. I, th- I think it's licensing. It's in licensing hell. I, I've got it. It's, it's loaded on my PS3 forever, so yeah. I can always play it. But yeah. uh, I would love a game that, that has a vibe like that. Yeah. That maybe be- Streets of Rage 4 will be it. Hopefully. That is it for the episode. Let's uh, close the episode out with the dulcet tones of the Piku Niku soundtrack. Hell yeah. Uh, again, if you want to hear this soundtrack in full, you can head to callumbowen.bandcamp.com or you can buy the game Piku Niku, published by Devolver out on Mac, PC, Linux, and Switch, which is where we played it. Yep. Really, really fun game. Remember when we were talking about games we loved? Yeah. All those hours ago. Yeah, all those hours before I was just being a grouchy bitch about everything I played in February. You'll, um, you'll have a better month, John. Yeah. Ape out. Ape out. It'll <laughs> all be ape out. Uh, if you want to find us outside of the podcast, you can find Levens at L-E-V-D-A-W-G, Levdog, mm-hmm. on Instagram and Twitter. I am at 16Tacos on both of those platforms as well. Uh, it's been... It's been fun. It's been a pleasure. It's been great. Indie games. Yeah. Thanks again. We'll see you next month. (laughs) See you guys. See you, John. One, two, three, four. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.